I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Lott. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? With Jay Vienendahl, and uh, I told a lot of people that have been trying to name the show. You actually got to know what I'm going to name the show. Mm-hmm. Um, do, I, do I know? I think you know. I think I know. I think you know. And I really want to thank everybody who actually tried to help. A lot of people suggested a lot of names. And uh, unfortunately, none of those names quite worked for me. They took me in the right direction, but th- they didn't get there. Um, super huge shout-out to Aubrey Hicks. Aubrey went with Beyond the Sky. Um, I think you know and you know that I wanted to get away from skydiving with this. Skydiving is a catalyst, but I want to include it but get away from it. And Beyond the Sky kind of took me to the words Beyond Gravity. And that's still not where I landed. So, Aubrey, thank you so much. Uh, Hit me up at the drop zone sometime. Get a free TRC shirt from me. If you guys know Aubrey, tell Aubrey. uh, Hit me up. I'll get you a shirt. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, The show name. Jay, do you know it? Yeah, you want me to say it? Yeah, go for uh, it. The show is now called Gravity Labs. Yeah, Gravity Lab Podcast. I've got the domain bot, uh, gravitylabspodcast.com or gravitylabpodcast.com. Um, I don't have the site live yet. I've got a buddy of mine, Adam Buckner, Option Studios. He does all my graphic design for the Rating Center. Uh, he's building a logo right now. Uh, Kyle, you know Kyle Henderson, mm-hmm. Jellyflea, uh, Jellyflea.com. He actually will be building my website. Kyle doesn't know that yet, though. So, Kyle, if you're listening, <laughs> you probably had a guess you're going to build my website for me. Uh, and, guys, Kyle does a phenomenal job, Jellyflea.com. Um, and then we got some other things coming, man. You and I have actually talked about a little secret that's coming up in the near future. We'll surprise everybody with. You remember a little song song? Ah, yes, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, so, uh, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> this is technically Gravity Labs episode three. Uh, episode one was with Mr. P, Nick yep. Lott. Uh, episode two was with Grumpy Face, Ben Nelson. And now we have. Oh, yeah. Wait, he, he's not there. He's, he's supposed to be here. Yeah. He's Typical. a slacker. He's a slacker. You know? Today we have Jay Vienendahl. Jay, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. You doing great? Uh, yeah. You like having that big phallic thing in your face? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a new experience. You know? it's, not, it's not quite as normal for me. But <laughs> it's a little smaller than normal. Yeah, it's way smaller, it's smaller than, than you used to. <laughs> cool, man. So, uh, Jay, I believe, help me if I'm wrong here, we met in 2011, the spring of 2011, summer, sometime around there. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I came out and uh, basically it was like my second time ever to Houston. <laughs> yeah. But I was not uh, playing baseball or... or Actual skydiving. I got a call from this guy. I got an email from this guy. Like, hey, I want to do all three of my ratings at the same time. I'm like, this guy sounds inbred. (laughs) You know what, buddy? (laughs) Let's just try one rating at a time. (laughs) And I really, I remember having the thought, like, you sound gung-ho, you sound eager, and I love the enthusiasm, but let's try one new thing at a time. And your answer was, okay, let's do one thing at a time. And you showed up and you did your coach course. Um, Who was that with? That was with uh, HP. HP, no yeah, he did, his, he did his coach course. That was with uh, Kieran, the uh, <laughs> art. <laughs> what, what's, what's art mean, Kieran? <laughs> uh-huh. Excess review train. <laughs> uh, oh, and then there's one other uh, gentleman that was from, God, what's his name? He was from... Um, Big, tall Brazilian dude. No, no, no. No, that wasn't him. He was a... I do too many of these. He was from like Iowa or Ohio, something like that. It starts with an A in I mean the middle he, of nowhere. He had like, a, he was at a Cessna 182 drop zone. He only had like a hundred and... 
maybe twenty five jump, something like that. And um, they did all static lines, and they were they needed more coaches. So, dude, I I just totally can't remember his name. I just remember HP because HP is still here, and yeah. then Kieran is. I mean, who can't remember Kieran? We try our best to forget Kieran. <laughs> uh, so, gosh, that's two thousand eleven. Right now, it's two thousand seventeen. Basically, it's about six years down the road. Mm-hmm. Six years down the road, you've got your coach rating. You got your tandem rating or AFF rating first. Uh, we did, we did uh, the coach course and then daybreak, and then we did tandem rating, and then like two weeks later we did the AFF rating. Yeah, and I remember when I first met you, like this guy in this email wants to do all these ratings with me. Slow your jets, Junior. Yep. And then I'm sorry. No, I, I told. Remember you telling uh. me? Um, you didn't tell me through via email. You're just like, yeah, we'll look at it. Like, yeah. And then uh, I did the coach course. And I did the tandem, and then you were like, hey, well, let's uh, let you do being a tandem instructor for a little bit and get the hang of that. Then we'll look at possibly doing your uh, AFF rating, and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. And um, a couple weeks later, you came to me, and you're like, hey, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, do that rating. Yeah, you're unusual. I normally like to see a guy or a gal get seasoned a little bit. You know, a good several months, if not a season, of one rating to really become an expert at it so you can focus at the next. And... Um, I don't think I can make your head any bigger. It's already there. <laughs> uh, you did a great job. You impressed me. You took all the information in. You took all the knowledge in. And since then, it's been amazing because, I mean, dude, I've been on a ride with you for six years now. Mm-hmm. We play. We, we, we uh, did a coach course together, and then we started playing golf together. We started hanging out. Um, if people don't know, Jay is my son. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> he got all the hair, and, and I didn't. Uh, it's been a long journey, man. How many jumps did you have when you and I first uh, met, when you first got your coach? It was just shy of a thousand fifty. Okay, and how many so do you have now? Right over eighty five hundred. Eighty five hundred. You have more jumps than I do now. Just so you know, I have eighty two thirty something. Dude, I slowed <laughs> down in my old age, man. You know, I got bald. I did not, I did not know nope. that. <laughs> you passed me about two hundred, three hundred jumps ago, man. You passed wow. me. Uh, Mr. P was on my eight thousandth jump. That is true. Oh, that was a beautiful moment. And yes, um, I have video. Belly way. <laughs> and <laughs> I actually have told you, and I have told you, I was waiting for my new three-fly suit to come in because I really didn't have a right. good modern three-ply suit. And the suit came in just in time for bad weather. You <laughs> know I'm a fair-weather jumper. I'm a big JJ. I can handle it. Um, but as the season rolls around, I want you to call me out on it. Oh yeah, I want to go jump with you, man. It's been cool because you were a student of mine as far as the instructor and training world goes. Uh, eventually, you became a tandem examiner, and it's been neat. I watched you go from coach, uh, from nothing to coach, tandem examiner and you've worked for the rating center on and off uh, between evaluator examiner and even doing some coaching with us and it's it's been great having you around man um yeah, i still remember my very first day at space land <laughs> doing a full day of tandem i remember after hours right nothing's really going on and i think i did like 15 tandems that day it was like my first busy day of doing tandem totally passed out in the packing room like Half a beer gone. People thought I was just <laughs> blazed. Just thought I was gone. I was just so dang tired from doing tandems all day. And now you turn around and, and you do the opposite. You tear through a day. Mm-hmm. You tear through a day, man. It's um, it's really cool. I want people to know a little bit about you, and and I think you know, uh, Nick. You know, one of my favorite things about Ben's little sit down with this is this formal kind of get things started. Is is really. I see this as TV characters, man. I, I watched, uh, what's that stupid TV show, Breaking Bad, right? I watch Breaking Bad, and everybody tells me it's going to be awesome. In the first episode, I'm like, eh. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, it was a, that was a hard show for me to get past. I, I couldn't do more than one season. I had, it had to get me three or four episodes in for me to really get grabbed, and I've really found with, with this experience I'm finding the same thing. I think uh, as Nick and myself and whoever joins us sit and do this, our personalities will come out more. We'll, we'll get a little bit more comfortable. So this breaking is just absolutely my <laughs> least favorite part, man. Hence <laughs> the scotch. And what are you drinking? Uh, Jack Daniels single barrel. Keith and Paula still can't have any. <laughs> <laughs> so, last time with Ben, it got down to the debauchery, and Ben was supposed to be here. Yeah, where's your uh, girlfriend? We were, we had lunch together, and he was all stoked about he was going to be in the background. And everything he's bringing, call him. His hopadillo. Call him. Call him out. Um, ben, you're supposed to be here. <coughs> you're a slacker. Uh, maybe he's listening right now. Maybe he already knows. He's late. Yeah, he's late. hopefully we're. Uh, if he's late, he better beat you to the phone I guess call. now I've called him during his, <laughs> and I've called him during <laughs> mine. <laughs> so we're going to get people to get a chance to know you. Oh, here he uh, goes. Let's see. Come on, Ben. Here. The excitement is building. The tension. <laughs> Does the phone ring if you're on Tinder, like right then? <laughs> I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> I think ben got I think I think he knows. <laughs> I think he knows. I think he got hold of one of those VR headsets. Um, <laughs> so I'm working at the drop zone today. I'm running a coach course, and in the middle of the coach course, Jason Hyder's like, "Yo, man, I got some stuff upstairs for you from Sigma." And I'm sure y if you've watched Ben's Facebook, he really hates the new digital certification. He doesn't hate it, but I'm going to say it all over the interwebs and make it true. He hates the new digital verification, and Sigma's a company who's doing that stuff. And they sent us four VR head no no two Jason two they sent us four VR headsets to insert phones with and we're gonna get the video hopefully in time for safety day so you can actually do VR training of malfunctions even emergency procedures that's really cool yeah so super cool so one of our goals is for anybody who's watching is we're gonna try to have these now Jason gave them to me today safety days on Saturday I don't even have the video it's a software I don't have nothing we're gonna try it but. Me. Yeah, I would love to be able to find a program like the uh, the PD one that they had at PIA where you can fly canopies. Fly canopies, dude. It's so close. So Canton Airport in Canton, Ohio, has had a canopy simulator for years. Put on VR goggles. They hoist you up so you're like belly to earth. You see everything in your goggles. You pull a rip cord. You swing down. You reach up. You grab. You grab your toggles and you fly the sucker all the way to the ground. It's a really nice setup. You've never seen it, have you? No. It's super expensive. Super freaking expensive. So PD had the VR headset. Uh, Sigma has a VR headset. Our phones, is all this stuff is so much easier. I think in the next few years, we'll, we'll actually see VR training in Student Canopy. And so Jason's like, DJ, check out these VR goggles. So I send Chris Widala and my coach candidate downstairs to do a quick thing. I'm like, hey, go knock out something for me real quick. And I pull out the VR goggles with Jason. I put my phone in it, and we Google uh, VR video. First thing I find is this world of dinosaurs. I've been waiting to tell you guys <laughs> this story all <laughs> night long, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wait, what's, what's the, the world of what, dinosaurs. What sort of VR headset is it? It's uh, it's from a company called Sigma. And it's just made to put in your phone to review emergency procedures. Oh, okay. Cause but I, it's yeah. I had uh, AJ and I made that 360 video. Yeah. Right? And he sent me the uh, Samsung VR goggles. Same thing. Yeah. And watch it. There was. It felt like you were doing some drugs watching some of those, <laughs> those videos. So I put on the goggles, and we put on this video, and it's 3D, dude. You feel like you can grab stuff, right? Uh -huh, yeah. You feel like you can literally pluck this dragonfly out of the sky. 
but the video I'm watching is not in sync. So if I move, it doesn't move. It just it goes wherever. And okay, that's cool. So we start trying to search for more video like that. And Jason and I immediately go straight to the porn world is going to invest in this video equipment. <laughs> why? So why does that not surprise me? <laughs> so I mean, how how was it? Was it awesome? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're both used to his balls and all right there. Oh, so, so you just had some flashbacks? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. So we pull up uh, Pornhub, and <laughs> 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 dude, we gave it a try. <laughs> so Jason and I are up in hell. Is there a category on Pornhub? O- only, if VR porn? only if Ben was here right now. That's amazing. He would be leaving the room. <laughs> <laughs> so we pull up the video. We pull a VR video on Pornhub. We throw these suckers in the VR oh goggles, and you put it on. It's like, holy cow. Jason hates porn. I don't know if you realize this, but he's not a big fan of porn. <laughs> he got done playing with these goggles. He took a box of VR headsets, and he took it to his car. He goes, we got two, DJ, not four. We got two. <laughs> we brought uh, Hank in. I didn't tell Hank we were going to record him. He puts him on, and he starts looking around. He goes, oh, I feel sorry for Cheryl now. <laughs> I'm going to make her do that. <laughs> oh, my God. Hank, uh, keep her to that. Dude. One of the best parts is Hank goes, this is a game changer for ugly girls. No matter what she looks like when you got these on. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. That's that's quote of the day. Right there. <laughs> so if you've <laughs> never tried VR goggles, dude, uh, YouTube's not the place to try it out, man. Just saying. No. <laughs> no, Pornhub, DJ's <laughs> newest sponsored athlete. Okay. Yeah. Asian section. I'm sorry I told my family <laughs> not to watch this because it is not PG-13, and they're very devout Christians, and I respect that, Mom and Dad. I love you guys. Oh, man. But yeah, straight to the <coughs> porn hub. So you can see why when I was eating my burger, I just couldn't control myself. <laughs> it's all excited. All the meat in your mouth. <laughs> all <laughs> of the meat in my mouth. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know what <laughs> led me to that. So we do have safety day coming up. I do want to yeah, I'm, s- I'm just really surprised. That <laughs> that's your opener for this <laughs> podcast? Like, oh, yeah. Here we go. Jay, Tunnel Coach, Segway, Pornhub, Virtual Reality. Back into yeah, safety day. Like We weren't just talking about watching. Hey, hey Pornhub, safety day. It seems like those categories uh, go hand in hand. Change, <laughs> well, Dude, it looked like you could pull the chick's hair, man. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to reach out. And grab her locks and just start tugging, dude. Isn't it weird, though, like when you reach your hand out, like you expect to see your hand out there in front of your face and it's not there? Dude, so weird. over there on that foot locker is uh, that VR headset. So before you leave, don't make okay, a room so mess. That's why it's stuck over there to the wall. Well, I thought Ben was sitting over there. He was going to make good, good use of it tonight, man. So, yeah, I don't – sorry. Oh, man, we had a good time yeah. watching Hank wear those things and, and look around and have no clue who's being recorded. It was just completely entertaining. Uh, ask Jason Hyder for the video. He saved it, I'm pretty sure, man. Hyder, send it to us. We'll watch it live. Yeah. Um, so back to safety day for a second. Yeah, <laughs> back to safety say, day. <laughs> wear condoms. <laughs> There's your safety day tip for the year. Um, if you wore a condom, you wouldn't have this. The yeah. largest embarrassment is to me. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Use non-self-tightening knots when you tie. Uh, I'm sorry. Don't <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> so uh, this Saturday is safety day, and uh, we hope to have these VR goggles, which that's what really got me to safety for day. For guys, not for the porn though. This is for <laughs> Scott Evans stuff. Well, uh, Frank Chance, give me a holler. I'll hook you <laughs> up, man. Uh, we hope, and I seriously doubt, because they gave me these hair goggles way <laughs> too late. I hope to have the uh, malfunction part up for Malfunction Junction. But Valerie and Liz will be manning Malfunction Junction, the hanging harness. We'll have Justin Grubbs helping them. Uh, Amber Taylor. Um, 
and uh, somebody else just offered, Helene, I believe, just offered to help as well. Uh, John Cheeseman is going to do the malfunction section or, or the equipment check section. And last year, did you see what we did there? I don't think I was around last year. I think I was uh, in Chicago. You were around. Was I? Because we did the free fall movement stuff. Oh, that's right. I did the angle flying seminar. That's right. Yes. Okay, I remember now. Yes, you did. Yeah. So, yeah, last year, John Cheeseman had the gear check station. Three mm -hmm. rigs with misrig issues. Right. Okay, I remember that. You used my rig for one of them. Yeah, use your rig, use yeah. my rig, use Ben's rig, actually. Those are yep. the three rigs we used. And do you know how many people got 100% of the rigging issues on that? I would say, unfortunately, I'd say zero. Yeah, none. Zero. Nobody got 100% of the misrig on a pre-flight equipment check on three different rigs. Nobody got 100%. Um, Pecker missed one, and Pecker admitted had he put on his reading glasses, he would have found it because it was a broken thread. And uh, props to Pecker, man. He's, he's a little bit old. You know, everything about him has stayed modern in skydiving except for his frap hat with two <laughs> GoPros on it. Oh, that's so awesome. Dude, so I, awesome. I, I love, love it. Pecker, but that <laughs> helmet kills me, man. Mm. Um, nobody got it. So this year we're going to do the same thing, two rigs for pre-flight inspection, and John Cheeseman's going to help supervise this. And then the third rig will be on a jumper. And um, I think he has Josh Sherrard and uh, Andrew Haverty helping him. And so you're going to have to find misrigging issues there. And then we're doing some seminars. We'll do the intro with a fatality report, how people died and all that bad stuff. Um, what seminar are you doing? Aircraft uh, safety. Air, that's right, man. I couldn't get a pilot that I actually liked. <laughs> so <laughs> I love you, Rabbit. I'm kidding. <laughs> so you're doing aircraft safety. Uh, Hank is doing emergency procedure review. Mm -hmm. Valerie is doing free fall safety. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing yeah. ever. Yeah, Asian drivers, no survivors. Um, what do you're on the park. What, what are we missing there? Small format cameras. Yep. And Daniel and Gula's. Yeah, he's going to do small <coughs> format cameras and when not to jump a camera. We shouldn't always be jumping a camera. Yep. Uh, yeah, Nick did a really good seminar on that during the uh, Connect the Dots event. Yeah, I stole 99% uh, of that material. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Fake it till you make it. I continue to steal my material daily. No, there's a really good article called uh, C is for Camera. Uh, talks about a lot of stuff that I covered in that seminar, but uh, C for camera meaning C license 200 jumps, and uh, I would love to see that number go up for jumping a camera. Yeah, a anybody who's jumping a camera with 200 jumps, man, 200 is not a magic number. 3.0 is a magic number. <laughs> now, 200 is not a magic number, man, and I really believe that 200 jumps, you can start considering wearing a camera. Hey, um, but uh, I have an A license, and I flew in the tunnel, so I can do whatever I want. You said bud. <laughs> 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 um, I'd like to see that number go up. Uh, we'll also have a Cypress Cutter dinner. I'm going to talk about uh, safety options. I want to talk about RSLs and MARDs. A lot of our friends want a MARD, but they don't understand a MARD, and MARDs are really, really good devices, but you should understand what you're asking for. Uh, RSLs, really awesome devices. AADs, there's a lot of good options on the market, and we'll talk about AADs and why we all want one, but I have Cypress Cutters specifically from SSK. Thanks, Adam, for hooking it up. Adam Schmucker actually took care of us on that. Uh, I think you do with Adam as well. Mm -hmm. And we're going to actually cut Cypress Loop with Cypress Cutter, and we're going to cut actually a reserve cable. So make it to safety day. Space in Houston, check that out. We'll also talk about altimeters and different options with audibles and visual altimeters and the pros and cons of the various types. And uh, also, guys, if you can't make it out that day, it should be live, right? Absolutely. We're going to have Facebook Live going on this. Um, if you saw Matthew Peterson's Facebook Live, the video was – or the audio was a little bit weak. Um, we actually have a wireless mic for the presenter this time, so all of the presenters will be mic'd 
for Facebook. It won't be for the surrounding area, so nobody in the, in the pack room will hear it. But it'll just go out to Facebook. So we'll do all that. So make it a safety day. I got about a dozen shirts I'll be giving away. I got a bunch of butts I'll be throwing out. But uh, more importantly, learn more about your safety. Yeah. Back to JD Nadal. No, back to you. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. <laughs> I know. Every time I go to them, we're done. Um, so now, what what are you up to? You're staying here for safety day. I'm staying here for safety day. Um, going to be coaching the next few days, both in the sky and the tunnel. And then on Wednesday, uh, start making my way out. I'll be gone for almost till May 1st. We will have some tunnel camps coming up. I'll be uh, heading to Virginia Beach. That's where they're doing the uh, – uh, IBA asked me to do a tunnel camp there, um, just shy of the IBA competition that's happening. So if uh, you've never competed or you're interested in competing, you definitely should go check it out. It's a lot of fun. So so you're doing a tunnel camp for IBA. Mm-hmm. First of all, a lot of people have no clue what IBA is. So that's the basically it's the USBA of tunnel flying, you know, International Body Flight Association. Okay. So. I think their website's tunnelflight.com. It's not even true IBA. Yeah, I think it's yeah tunnelflight.com or .org. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but uh, it's a really co- it's a really cool site. It's kind of like the USBA in a, in a sense. They uh, they govern our our tunnel flying. Help uh, if you become an instructor, start to get skills. So say I want to go fly somewhere else, it's an easy way for an instructor to verify my skills. So that's so. that that flight checklist on the wall that I fly. That right. looks like I can <coughs> fly on my belly, I can fly on my back, yeah. I can sit. Yeah, and it, it works really well. So if somebody shows up to say I'm coaching somebody in the tunnel and they walk up, you know, um, and they're like, "Hey, uh, I can sit, I can sit fly, I can fly head down, I can do this or that." Well, you know, as a as a tunnel instructor, you're going, "How many skydives do you got? How many tunnel time? How much time, tunnel time do you have? All that different stuff, right?" Where if I go to the website, there's I can just look their name up and see, oh, look, they flew with JV and all, and they signed them off, so they probably can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> do, do many people keep that current? Because I, I haven't logged into mine at all since they updated the website last, which it has it's been like maybe three years. It's so, it's so random. I mean, whenever uh, – it seems like it goes with as they first start flying. It's like, you know, they, they really want to make sure those things are signed off. Then once they get to be Nick Lotz, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, no, but they just typically, they'll just start to drift away. And then all of a sudden you'll get a text message, hey, I just sent you a bunch of sign-offs. And then you look at your email and you got 75 emails all for same thing, sign me off for belly flying up and down. So when one person wants you to sign them off on one skill, you get an email about it? Yes. Man, I'm going to fill up your inbox. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. a great idea. So everybody watching, there's only like 29 of you, 26 of you. All of you watching, go to the IBA website and make sure you bombard Jay's email. Whether you're capable of it or not, let's just harass him. I will totally sign you off, T4. <laughs> yeah. You will be an examiner in the tunnel as of tomorrow. Dude, I've met some, of our, I've met some of our tunnel friends. I've also met some of our skydiving friends. I don't know if I want to be any of the above. <laughs> um. So the IBA, you're hosting a tunnel camp for the IBA at, v- at Virginia Beach. What I mean, what specifically are you guys working on? It's a, it's a, anything. Um, a lot of people tend to think that a tunnel camp is a one-on-one thing, yeah. right? A lot of people always immediately they look at a tunnel camp, they see a tunnel camp posted, and they go, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm not looking to do this. I'm not looking to do that." Right? But 
you can do anything in a four point, right? We can do four way belly. We can do four way VFF. We can do flipping pieces. We can learn, you know, so much stuff is that you can use dynamically to learn in the tunnel beyond just the one on one study, you know, um, trying to learn how to fly with somebody else. All these different things you can apply to it. It's not just strictly, you know, just straight one on one because you can teach so much stuff in a tunnel camp with multiple people. So I show up to Virginia mm. Beach, and I'm like, dude, I want to be part of this kind of tunnel camp. I want to fly with JV. Now, actually, you know what? I got a better idea. I want to go to the iFly Tampa location because I want to fly with JV. And I want to fly with Sam Smith because <laughs> that's where it's at. Uh, that's a smart choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How much does it cost m- for me? Like, let's do the Virginia Beach one. I want to get involved. What What do I pay to get in a tunnel camp? Well, Virginia Virginia Beach is a completely different story, only because they're a franchise. So you know they are able to do different rates and things like that. Um, but most of your corporate tunnels, uh, the rate's going to be, for an outside instructor coaching, is going to be 1050 an hour. That just breaks down to 260 250 for 15 minutes. That includes tax and coaching. Mm-hmm. If I go to iFly right now as a jumper, as a flyer, and I just want to buy a thou- an hour, no coaching, I just want to buy an hour, how much does that cost? 975 Plus tax? Plus tax. And you can only you don't use get a coach. You don't get a coach. You can only use that um, – Depending on your skill set. So if you can do certain things, or if basically if you're not learning anything, then that benefits you. If not, you have to pay for coaching to fly. They charge you 10 cents. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And that's that's something I get approached by by new jumpers all the time. And I know we got a lot of new jumpers who watch us and hang out with us on Wednesday nights. It um, won't always be Wednesdays because during Tuesday sometime soon. Um, but a lot of them ask me, like, how do I get involved in a tunnel? What do I do? And I tell people all the time, it's actually cheaper to straight up hire a coach and do your time through these camps and through these coaches than it is to go through the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to just kind of go with a shameless plug real quick right here, and it's a shameless plug for you. If I wanted to book tunnel time with Jay Vinandal, which means I just want to waste a lot of money and just throw it to the wind, how do they get a hold of you to book tunnel time? I mean, they can hit me up via email, um, jay at skydivespaceline.com, uh, Facebook. Uh, um, you can send me personal messages, things like that. Smoke uh, signals? Smoke signals. Paper airplanes? You know, <laughs> you can throw some wind up in the air. Dude, we were at the drop zone today, and uh, Clint Moore, it's <laughs> crappy weather. Yo, I'm going to go back to the RV. Let me know if you need anything. And people are like, yeah, we'll do this, we'll do that. And and somebody suggested, yeah, we'll send you a smoke signal. And Billy Gambasi, you know, Billy the SCP instructor, is like, yeah, man, we'll use Jarek's vape pen to send you smoke signals. Have you watched that dude vape at the DZ? <laughs> Looks like a choo-choo train. Yep, Sheila, you are too. <laughs> Just letting you know. All right. Secretly trying to do it in every restaurant we ever go to and getting us in trouble. Way so. to go, Sheila. Good job. Way to go. So you're going to Virginia Beach. That one's different because it's a uh, – It's a franchise tunnel. Franchise tunnel. And then from there, where's next? Then I go to uh, I Fly Loudon. So okay, I can't even say uh, that. It's like – Four hours away. It's kind of towards the D.C. area. It's supposed to be more that. So it's still in Virginia. Area. Yeah. Okay. So. And what's going on there? Just nothing. Um, been talking to that group of most of those instructors there. Uh, I did their FIPP with uh, Marlon. Me and Marlon did their FIPP, and I uh, know Trevor Gibbs. He's he's their operations manager there. He used to work at uh, I Fly Austin as an instructor. Okay. Now he's up there. And just last time I went up there and I ran a uh, tunnel camp at Virginia Beach and then I ran a uh, skills camp at Skydive Orange, you know, they talked to me about possibly running a tunnel camp when they came back. So 
when I booked the Virginia Beach, it was just kind of a double to head over to Loudon. So do you have anything scheduled in Loudon yet, or are you still winging nope. that one? Nope, um, fully scheduled. So. Remember when this guy actually quit working for the DZ to become a tunnel rat? Yeah, I do remember that. Right. It took him, I think, like two weeks to pass me up. It was awesome. <laughs> I mean, like, there he goes. He, he's going to be a tunnel rat. He, he's given up the skydiving world, and you haven't done that. We'll talk more about skydiving and stuff. But now you've really you've done a good job, man. You, you're coaching all over skydiving. You're coaching all over um, tunnels. You're doing a lot of organizing. So after Loudon, where are you going? Uh, potentially, I was going to go to New York, um, the Westchester. Uh, Melly, Melanie Curtis and I were looking at running a camp up there. Um, just the dates didn't quite work out the way we wanted to, so we're looking to do that one uh, a little bit later. Um, but from there, uh, head down to Tampa to go fly with uh, Sam Smith. The right? infamous Sam yeah. Smith. Dude, so why does she hey. put up with you? Right to your face. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys haven't heard the challenge, by the way, all <laughs> you I Fly Tampa uh, people, there's a challenge. Uh, I think Sam is going to support me on this challenge. Face Palm J in the tunnel. Get an award. We don't know what it is. We don't know how we're going to reward you. Face pa face Palm <laughs> J. Good luck. Um, and then after uh, Tampa. Um, after Tampa, I'll just be heading back here. Okay. So uh, we might have an event going on in Dallas. We might be doing uh, some sequentials there. I think uh, May sixth and seventh. Who's we? Um, just uh, it's an invitational event, so we're trying to figure out who we're going to. Basically, going to be almost like a listen to build crew. You're so on it. Okay, special ed? Definitely. Okay, equal 100%. opportunity organizing. Totally. So looking to build two, um, looking to build one. I think we've mentioned it on every single episode so far, Nick. Yeah, I expect probably two. Um, looking to build, guys. Uh, go on YouTube, check it out. It is some really dynamic flying. Um, not only is it going to be there, but Mr. P, and I don't know why I called you Nick. Mr. <laughs> P. <laughs> I, I accept your apology. It's fine. I am sorry, Mr. P. Mr. P has actually used that video footage also for the SSK video. Right. Uh, SSK hopefully will be releasing this video in the near future. Uh, Nick uh, Lott, I almost called you Nick Reyes. Nick Lott did a... Say it, Nick. You were about to say something. I was going to say, who's, the, who's Nick Lott? I don't know who that, who's that <laughs> guy. Sam, you did get an invite. Sam says she didn't get an invite. I invited you to sit here with me while you were in town. We want to show the world your pretty face, and we got to put up with this schmuck. So don't say you didn't get an invite, Sam. Yeah, you left early. Yeah, that's that's your problem. I could have had her instead of yeah. Ben Nelson last week. Give me yep. a break, man. Yeah, thanks, Sam. You're a real winner. <laughs> totally <laughs> and you just got face palm. <laughs> <laughs> By DJ, not me. <laughs> sit up, Jay. From Sue, from uh. your other mom. How many moms do you have? <laughs> uh, too many. <laughs> too many. And Jake, uh, a lot of people on here are far more interested in uh, where's Bella than I, I, you have to say. I told you that. 100%. But, dude, I'm going to guarantee money if Bella's in here, that tripod and that camera are oh. gone. No, she would actually be sitting in my lap right here. The hardest part would be trying to get her not to bite me for no reason. <laughs> That's interesting because the hardest part is not to get you to bite your own ear. <laughs> no, uh... I wanted to bring Bella. DJ has a couple dogs, um, and basically, what they they just bark the whole time. So, uh, but they no, they don't hate each other. They're not mad at no. each other, but they play yeah. rowdy as f. Yeah, and it would be so loud, so ear piercing. Yeah. So, so we'll have Bella over sometime. Uh, your sister says she's an angel. We'll have Bella over at some point. Um, we'll have her out here hanging out with you and, and doing that thing. Um. 
Just look in the bill. That's where we're at, man. Sorry, yeah. two, two strings. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's looking at possibly the um, – we originally were looking at um, – what was the date? I can't remember the exact date. Now I think about it. I think it was April 6th. I think we were looking at originally to do it. Um, but it's not official looking to build event. It's just going to be a perfunctory invitational that we were going to look at trying to maybe do a looking to build two. I talked with the guru about possibly doing. Um, that weekend was just hard. It was just such short timing to be able to make it work like we wanted to, especially when you when you do an invitational, you have to make sure you have the right people when you're doing just like that. Yeah. So – you know, the whole Harambe knows. Well, I know who's in your group. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I do, man. I do. Um, guys, check out Safety Day. Jay just dropped a really cool hint. Uh, <laughs> we had a little bit of fun putting Safety Day presentations together. We have a slide called Know Your Load. Just saying. <laughs> Back to the VR headset, I guess. Um, yep. <laughs> we have uh, all sorts of cool things. And, and if you're paying attention, you caught Jay's huge hint, uh, hint there. So that's one of the reasons I had you here uh, today is you're about to head out of town, and it's cool to hear where you're going, but when you come back, the stories you have are always entertaining. And the hard part for you and I is as soon as you get back, we're going to go to the stadium, and we're going to mouth your crawfish. <laughs> totally. <laughs> if you have never seen a man eat crawfish, Jay will out eat crawfish. And have you seen him eat crawfish? No, no, I've never seen that. Dude, <laughs> I, I've never had – well, I haven't had crawfish since I was probably six years old. When when I lived in Utah, we called them crawdads, and I, I think it took me like two years of living here to realize that a crawdad and crawfish was the same thing. Mud bugs. Mud yeah, bugs. Yeah, mud bugs. Yeah, but mm -hmm. it's so much work for so little meat. Not if you know how to work it. Yeah, I, 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 I do not know that. how to work it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so I, I eat crawfish reasonably quick, I thought. And every Louisiana boy I meet teaches me to eat crawfish because, man, I'm dude, you're from Louisiana. You know how to eat crawfish. And you tell me, like, I'll show you a trick. And <laughs> – this is the guy who we're sitting on hole number six at Hillcrest. Is that what it was? I think so. A and a buddy of ours who shall remain nameless. We'll call him uh, Shmani. <laughs> a buddy of ours. Uh. <laughs> Jay walks up to the freaking tee box. <laughs> As he's walking to the tee box, this, this friend of ours gives you, what, six pieces of advice uh, all least, at once. At Keep your head down. Do this. Strain your chin. Do this. Do that. Strengthen and your grip. And then you take Open a practice cut. <laughs> Just take a cut. And as soon as you say that, Eric Boyd is like, uh, homeboy? I think Jay knows what he's doing. What's that, a 350-yard par four? It was, it was about that, yeah. Yeah. Center of the green on his drive. <laughs> so when Jay says he knows how to do something, the boy knows how to do it. I didn't tell him I knew anything. I just let him teach me how to play golf. And I was like, hey, you remember after I hit it, I go, thanks for the advice. Yeah, dude, you did. <laughs> I mean, he's a good teacher, man, and you're retard strong <laughs> is what I've learned. So Jay tells me he can crack crawfish really quickly. I'm not kidding, man. That's a little slow for my taste. Yeah, that's uh, still that's too much work. I just want something I can pick up and devour and like, n you know, uh, cracking them open, cracking them open all night. Man, this is way too much. Hence, Sam, something you can just pick up and devour. Yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> why she's so small. <laughs> Bite size. Um, we'll come back from crawfish, and there's and it's gonna be hard. The thing that I, I learned with Nick and I learned with Ben is your dad says you're a natural almost everything. Your real dad, not this dad. <laughs> Um, Lee, if you haven't heard, he is our adopted son. Uh, he has lived with Valerie and I for, he said, two days and lasted for two months. But I'm sure you understand the burden this young man is on your life. <laughs> um, um, Granted, I've seen you more at the drop zone than I do at home. 
You, oh, dude, you stayed with us for two months, and I probably saw you for two hours total. <laughs> Actually, there's one night or two where you sat and watched a movie with us, but you passed out. We almost never saw you. Yeah. Um, the thing that we have to learn is I all these cool stories you have, we can't talk about it when we come here. <laughs> like, I want to <laughs> save it for, for this <laughs> stuff, for this group. You know, Pornhub, dude. <laughs> come on. It, it's, it's, it's fun <laughs> to share. So when you, get, when you get back, what are you doing next? Uh, as soon as we get back, so uh, I'll be at the – the last event I'm doing is uh, the Space Nine Lineup uh, anniversary dinner, I believe it is. So that's the 28th through the 30 30th, I believe. So that's okay. in Atlanta. Okay. I'll be there. And then once that's over, I'll be heading back this way. And then we possibly are looking at doing uh, an event in Dallas for uh, – whether it's a looking to build event, whether it's just a typical, you know, sixteen way invitational sequential event. Um, then I think on the eleventh and twelfth I'll be in South Carolina for a head up air event. Uh, I'm flying in that. Um, we're getting desperate today. Yeah. Well we are out of flyers. Yeah. And then immediately after that I come right back here for the uh, two point shot formation that we're gonna be doing to start working on the Texas state record. So it's a camp for that. It's a camp for if you basically want to eventually be on a world record. Um, it's not an official women's camp, but it's still a way if uh, you want to be part of a record and you want to learn to come out and fly with us. Then we have um, a couple of days off, and then Liv the Bigs will be here. When's Bigs? Uh, Nick, do you know the exact dates of like the 20th? Oh, it's in May. I don't it's remember like the what the exact dates are. Only the I, I know the last day is the 29th, but I'm just not sure on the first day. I think it starts on a Thursday. But uh, only reason why I know that is because I, I fly out that uh, the 29th to head to Carolina Fest. So I'll be at Carolina Fest the 30th through the 4th. So you won't be here for Live Bigs, or Live Bigs ends when you? Live the last day of Live Bigs is when I leave. Okay. Dude. Yeah, will you point that back at your mouth just a little bit? Yeah, it's there a directional mic. That's better. So Did it move? Ooh, that's that's nice. Yeah, there you go, Nick. Back yeah, to Nick cool. likes hearing you in his yeah. headphones. I think <laughs> I think Nick actually cherishes this. Uh, by the way, William Doherty, you're an a-hole. A real friend will call a friend back, just saying. A real friend will actually answer messages. No, you say hi while you think I'm on a mic and keep from getting answered. Billy, Billy is one of my really good friends. He's one of my best <laughs> friends, and uh, he's probably gonna feel really bad that I just called him those names. Um, but yeah, love you, Billy. Sorry, your dad said you're a burden of love. By the way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's his polite way of saying he hates you and you were the worst mistake he ever made. Yeah. Hashtag. Hashtag. <laughs> so, what have you done this last year, man? What, what where has Scott Ivan taken you back to? We know you, you're coach, instructor, examiner. You've done all these things. What what have you done in the last year? What's your like favorite event? Man, that's a that's a hard one. Really? Yeah, it's, it really is. Um, there's so many so many events, and every one is a little bit you know, unique and dynamic. Like, um, <coughs> I just got the chance to fly with a a w, uh, double amputee down in Skydive City in Z Hills, and amazing flyer. You know, he he lost him in a canopy accident, but amazing flyer. And what's his name? I can't remember his name off the top of my head, you know. Okay. Um, I met him, the, I think it was Thanksgiving I met him. He was part of a skills camp that I was doing down at Z Hills. It, so is he above the knee, below the knee? He's uh, both legs below. So, so he, he he's, he's from thigh down, no knee. Yeah. 
And does he fly with prosthesis, or is he yeah, actually? Yeah, he, fl- he flies totally with prosthesis, uh, and he's a free flyer. I mean, he's he was one of the he was super good in the angle camp we did. He was super good zip flying, head down. Uh, I got a video of him being able to fly and do transitions and flying static, flying dynamic. I mean, just super, super cool, super inspiring to watch somebody that you know took an accident and didn't let it, you know, put him down and just keep going at it. You know. I have to apologize, man. My f- my watch beeps the heck out of me, so I'm actually muting that, so it won't do. Well, that you know, anymore. I can't hear it anyway. No, it's just vibrating. It's driving <laughs> me nuts. I get rid of it, dude. That is one of my favorite things about skydiving is people talk about these limitations. And first of all, I'm a professional athlete. <laughs> just <laughs> throwing that out there, man. Um, skydiving really changes those boundaries because I look at a lot of some of my favorite skydivers and some of the best skydivers. And if you met them in the real world, you would never think they would excel at athletics, right? Uh, skydiving beyond that, and you go to that double amputee, man, we learn to live outside our boundaries. We don't know handicaps. We don't know special needs. We don't know these things. Skydiving is just a free and exhilarating thing. So I mean, I, the, the big thing that caught me about skydiving once I really got into it and really started to kind of put all my attention to it um, – was the teaching aspect, mm-hmm. you know, super, super cool, you know, especially everybody always talks about being a tandem instructor. You get this experience that that first time they get all the excitement, they're going crazy over the tandem, but you don't realize that if you never go from a tandem to being an AFS instructor, you never really get to see that concept of them flying stable for the first time, doing 360s and flips and yeah. that excitement that you get on that level one tandem, that very first jump. The, the passion and the amount of excitement you get to see as they become an actual skydiver and get their license, it's just such a unique thing. Dude, it doesn't matter if they're good, and it doesn't matter if they're bad. If they continue with it, they eventually click. Mm-hmm. If they're good, they get it. If they're bad, it doesn't matter. That, oh, my God, I the get it moment. The light bulb moment. Oh, dude. It was one of the most beautiful things in the world. Um, actually, one of my favorite skydives that I've had in the last couple of years is with you. Do you remember that student's name? Do you know the Scott I'm talking yes, about? Yes, we were we were uh, basically in a uh, dick measuring contest. <laughs> oh, dude, straight <laughs> up. So first of all, is that guy still jumping? Is he one of our jumpers now? Do you know? He was he was from out of state, so I d- I'm not sure. I know okay. he completed the program okay. and he went on to get his license, but I'm not sure if he's still actively a jumper. Yeah. So you know, and Mr. P knows at Spaceland we do single instructor work. And in AFF as an examiner, I train skydivers not for Spaceland. I train skydivers for USPA. And then it's up to Spaceland to bring you into their program. And I think Tommy Miller does a good job of that. Yeah. Shout really out to Tommy. Job. Love he Tommy. Tommy will be here in two weeks joining us, hanging out. Hey, he's, he's such a good student. Uh, Allie, Nick Feener. <laughs> Nick Feener, did I say that right? Nick Feener? That's a double amputee, Allie McDonald. Yeah, you know yeah, Allie. Yeah, 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 that's right, Nick. Thank you, Allie. Yeah, Nick. You're the bomb. <coughs> and thank you, Nick, man. Inspiring. Yeah, love flying with you, man. Good to fly with you again, buddy. Um, man, I got to not drink scotch so quickly in the beginning of this <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, where did we go with you that? You guys were talking about a dick measuring a contest. Single instructor. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, so I think the top was like three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. No, not that big. Centimeters. <laughs> so at Spaceland, we only work single instructor. And as an AFF examiner, when I train instructors, it's common their first several jumps as AFF, it's two instructors. So one student, two instructors. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool because in the middle of most of my Canada skydives before I start working at Spaceland, I got to skydive. I'm like, dude, I just gave you your rating. I just helped you on your rating. Let's skydive together. Even high-five each other in the middle of free fall, dude. Super cool experience. And I never get to do that with you guys. 
And for most people who don't know, I don't get to do a lot of instructional jumps. I'm mainly an examiner, and, and part of staying current is like, yo, bro, can I shadow you on the other side? Mm -hmm. And we had a level three? Yeah, level three. Yeah, and I told him, uh, hey, bro, I'm going to hang out on your side. Is that cool? He's like, yeah. I'm like, hey, dude, if, if, if we're doing good, if everything's going cool, I'm going to come to the front of you. I'm going to fly up and high-five you. Yep. <laughs> and we let go of the student, and I look over, and you're flying slop. Well, I trained you. I'm impressed. I'm happy. I'm stoked. But it ain't no way <laughs> no kid I train going to show me up. So you fly tighter. <laughs> yeah. So I fly tighter. Yeah. So halfway down, <laughs> this student, it didn't matter what happened on this guy. This student was literally, he had this much room. <laughs> he didn't you know, move. You know what I'm talking about, right, DJ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had this much room <laughs> to move. Finally, he just looks over at DJ like, hey, you going to come give me a high five or what? And DJ <laughs> just like. Oh, <laughs> flies out, <laughs> gives the guy a high five. But uh, half the time, we're both looking at each other. It's like <laughs> flying closer and closer <laughs> to the student. Dude, he looked at me like, did I do something wrong, bro? Even when he landed, he told us in the debrief, mm -hmm. like, I thought I would do something wrong, man. You weren't high-fiving <laughs> me. And you told him <laughs> they were basically in a pissing contest, man. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you knew that, but one of my favorite skydives in the last few years has actually been out there hanging wang with you so <laughs> checking that out oh my god man you know my f some of my favorite jumps because i don't know if you know if you guys don't know i had never learned a true afl right i mean i learned it in the, in the course but uh, i did single instructor with dj did the whole course all on my own so even i did my aff rating it was completely solo right yeah and uh so i never really i have maybe seven, eight actual true AFF jumps where I have another instructor. And the, the three best ones that I actually have, one of them was with you, but the other two are with Tyler. Both times. <laughs> you had a lot to cover. Both times, <laughs> the funniest things. First time he ever did it, completely forgets to do his chin strap on his helmet, exits the plane. Daniel and Gulo, as the student gives the count, reaches over and flicks <laughs> Jason's chin strap. So Jason exits like this, like holding on to the student going for a ride. I'm just watching him. <laughs> Boom. And then he just goes flying off, fixes oh his helmet, and comes back. Oh, my God. So the next time is he's like, oh, yeah. You know, I'm looking for – I got a pretty big student, and I'm wearing weight. So I'm just like, okay. Uh, I'm looking for another instructor. So I'm like, hey, trying to find somebody. And Jason's like, oh, I'll go. Well, he puts on his jumpsuit. I'm wearing group shorts. In like 20 pounds. Which and jumpsuit does he put on? He puts on his normal space land. I was hoping uh, it was the Gazy Hills one. No, no, no. no, <laughs> no. He puts on his normal jumpsuit, puts on like 15 pounds, comes out, and he's sitting there just bent in half as, as hard as he can, <laughs> arching. And I'm just super relaxed. I'm sitting there. I have to look at him. Just He's looking at me, and he's just like going, shaking his head no. I just reach out and... Boom. <laughs> and give an art signal. And the and student just punches it out and boom, there goes Tyler. <laughs> He's up here hovering, comes back down. Uh, and then uh, we keep going and then, you know, I just let go with his hands, reach out and just hold it like this. Waiting for him to give me a high five. And so he's sitting there arching, arching, arching. Comes up, burbles himself on the student, gets the high five, puts his own face in the back of the rig. Burbles the student, shakes him out, and he goes back to flying. He's like, gets the high five. 
<laughs> Jason basically does the same thing I do. Uh, <laughs> Valerie's been doing a little bit of it lately as well. We, we fly and shadow you guys to stay current, and it sounds like Jason needs to remember what lead is. <laughs> Dress for success, Mr. Hyder. Dress yeah. for success. Oh, he also does AFF to find his next girlfriend. I mean, I mean. Hey uh, <laughs> well, now he's got the goggles, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. He ran <laughs> to the truck with these goggles. We had four. He's like, we got two. We got two. You got one. I got one, right? So, uh, Jason, we just told on you. Stephen Boyd is listening to this. <laughs> We're narcs. Sorry about that. Um, uh, speaking of narcs, where's Ben? Dude, where is Ben? Yeah. Ben Ben was making a big deal. Uh, he had to be here. He wanted to be here. It was a big scene to Ben. And, and where's Ben? Well, he had like a beer at lunch, so he's probably just out. Out handed way. Yeah, he is that. He's got that old man temperament. He's probably asleep. Yeah, it is like seven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Stan, are you still watching? Did you put sleep yet? <laughs> Does your foot go to sleep first? <laughs> Dude, AFF stories, man. Uh, Billy, a buddy of mine, uh, William, reminds me. Uh, you've seen the picture in my hallway out here? Mm-hmm. What picture is that? The one that. With alligators. Alligators, yes. Dude, World Freefall Convention. Uh, Nick, do you know the story about the World Freefall Convention and no. alligators? Nope. I'm sorry. Mr. P. Oh, it's fine. Forgive yeah, Mr. P. He never had an issue with that the other night. Yeah, I don't know, man. Apparently, I need to drink more. So, we're at the World Freefall Convention, and, dude, the World Freefall Convention boogie is unlike no other boogie I've ever seen. In its heyday, the World Freefall Convention had 6,000 registered jumpers in 10 days. Not 6,000 guests, because there was a bunch of other non-jumpers, family members, visitors. There were a bunch of, like, dude, they take wuffos through the World Free Fall Convention on one of those, like, you know, hayride carts. And they drive them through, so we feel like we're at the Wild Animal Park. And skydivers are a bunch of, like, and, of course, skydivers are throwing shit at people. Don't feed the animals, kids. (laughs) We're acting (laughs) retarded. Uh, You know, skydivers. And... We're at the Wall Free Fall Convention, and I do about 60 jumps a, 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 a week at that point. It's super busy summer. We're in Indiana. This is where we hump tandems. We're a tandem factory. And a buddy of ours comes up to me and says, hey, man, we, we got this girl who wants to take these inflatable alligators on a skydive. And this is what William brings up is the inflatable alligators. So myself and a buddy of mine, Gene, have Valerie hugging a full body size inflatable alligator. Uh, Billy and I forget the other dude's Craig. Craig. Um, have another inflatable alligator with a girl we don't even know. One of our buddies is just sitting on this total random chick. And then Dennis Anderson. You knew Dennis? I didn't get, I didn't get the opportunity to meet him. Man, but God, it's been a while now. Dennis, I love you, brother. I miss you. Uh, everybody who knew Dennis, he's, he's a phenomenal fella. Died in a motorcycle accident, unfortunately, not skydiving. Uh, Dennis and another uh, buddy of ours were flying the other alligator. And we tried to put three inflatable alligators together in free fall. Biggest mistake ever. You were trying to fly formation with them? Dude, we were trying to build a three-way speed star with three-way <laughs> alligators. If you had Gator Chris on it, you'd have seen gold. Hey, dude, we need a Gator Chris. Uh, Lou, I forget Lou's real name, Karen Karen Lewis, Lou, she actually suggests on the right altitude, deflate the tail. Because the tail's going to be between the flyer's legs, and it's going to drive him across the sky. So Valerie, myself, and Gene are like, you're smart, Lou. You're smart. <laughs> We tell the other guys, deflate the tail. Psst. No, no, guys, deflate the tail. We're still deflating ours. Psst. No, psst. All they do is roll back. And actually, we sit in front of Karen Lewis. We got those beautiful shots. You've seen them. And we see the other two alligators. <laughs> go tracking by us in the sky. And look at the middle shot. The middle shot, you'll actually see Gene's leg 
this far from the alligator's tail because it just brushed by him. We almost had a free fall collision with that thing. <laughs> wow. So AFF, this I think this is the only time I've seen Jay speak while not flipping me off. Who's that? Justin. Justin Grant. Justin Modlin. There you go, Justin. You're happy now. Um, I totally, he walked in the other day. We were doing some tunnel coaching. That's the first thing I did. Yeah. Um, dude, I'd flip him off, too. He's got that Susan Hickman chick, and, man, I'm jealous. <laughs> just saying. It's, it's, it's just nature, you know? Hotties with, idi- hotties with idiots? No, just idiots. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I flip you off all the time, too. No, G. <laughs> just, just idiots? Yeah. You, you too? Yeah. <laughs> no, Billy, it is not, man. Um, so, Diamante, that who was on it, Diamante Rodriguez, who is also a guy named Jim Benson from the Rodriguez Brothers. If you've never heard stories of the Rodriguez Brothers, you've, you've got to hear those at some point. Uh, uh, is Rodriguez Brothers from the Carolinas, though? Uh, yes, same Rodriguez Brothers. Are you a Rodriguez Brother? I'm invisible, Rodriguez. I am the unknown Rodriguez brother. But because I tell everybody that, I am not the unknown. Horrible story. Uh, we land, and Jim Benton's on that skydive, and they're one of the ones screaming by us. And Jim Benton, when we land, he tells the story of the golden sombrero. He pitches on a skydive. That's a sombrero. Speed star around a golden spray-painted sombrero. We end up skydive. Jim holds on to it, pitches, gets bag-locked. Shakes a riser, shakes a riser. Bag-lock doesn't come out. Shit, he pees. Chucks the golden sombrero. Boop, it's gone. Hits the bag lock, canopy opens. He's poof. <laughs> so how do you clear bag lock? Bag lock? The golden, golden sombrero, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Billy, I so wish you would come visit me. Like you said, you're, you have to. Um, don't miss this, uh, Michael Eric. Don't miss it at all, man. You can actually look this up later on. This will be posted on the Rating Center Facebook Live. I do want to take a side question because I've had a lot of people ask, what is this? Um, I don't want to miss this. What's going on? Um, Gravity Lab Podcast is what we're calling this now. Uh, all of these are being initially broadcast live to Facebook, and they will be on the Rating Center fan page for now. Look for Gravity Lab's podcast uh, Facebook page. It is out there, but nobody's liked it yet because I've been hiding it for a few days. Uh, tonight, Nick and I will get a couple pictures, and we'll actually uh, set that Facebook page live so you can see it. Um, it'll be there. And we're recording this live. Uh, my goal was two or three, and now I think I'm going to go for about four or five. I'm going to get four or five of these episodes in the can. Once I get four or five of these recorded and, and edited and balanced out, then I'm going to upload all these to podcasts. They will normally be available the next day. So anybody who doesn't have the time to sit here and waste with these morons, uh, download an iPhone, uh, Android, any, any of those devices. Also, we'll have the episodes on gravitylabpodcast.com. Uh, viewable through there and and yes go there right now and it's totally not a website just bought everything so 80% of the time it works every time so uh, that's what we're doing guys we're just uh, a bunch of idiots hanging out Uh, primarily I'm going to hang out and interview some of my buddies talking a little bit but I I don't like the formal interview so we're mainly shooting the breeze watching Jay on uh, Tinder nice job Uh, Mr. P is our driver Nick Law he is kind of the producer of the show and right now we're mainly working just audio and He's monitoring questions, so if, if you guys have any good questions, hit up uh, Mr. P here on the side, and we have some really cool Mr. P segment coming at some point. Yeah. Mr. P, we have something for you, buddy. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> oh, dude, I believe I you will. Is something we have to turn the cameras it off for? It is it, it going to get it uh, was, it was graphic? Uh, we came up with it. 
the other night during the fight. Yeah. So the other night when we were watching UFC 209, yeah. Jay and I started cuddling on the couch and texting people. Okay. We were texting each other back and <laughs> oh, forth. We're like two girls in love. That's adorable. <laughs> yeah. And we've come up with a super ultimate plan for Mr. P. And uh, Mr. Smith, when you see this plan, I think you'll love it as well. Um, we're going to get a small crew involved in this, and we'll, we'll get it going. We'll tell you guys more about it. Uh, we'll have all these things live. We're going to keep them going. Let people know about this. Do me a huge favor. Share this on Facebook. So a lot of times it's going to be us talking and shooting the breeze. If you saw last week, when we got to the end, and it just got debauchery. It just got out of control. Kind of like where I started with Pornhub VR. <laughs> Dude, uh, Hank. Hank's like, I hate porn. I suddenly want to watch porn. <laughs> Hank stood there for two or three minutes doing this. That's my taint. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was hilarious, man. Uh, so it'll turn into debauchery. We'll have a little bit of fun. We'll, we'll goof off. Uh, there are going to be episodes, Mr. P. I think you may know this, but where just you and I are sitting here hanging out, shooting the breeze, just sure. kind of that casual red band. I will shoot that breeze. Yeah, and uh, there has been a request. One day, you and I are going to switch chairs. Oh, all right, I like that. A lot of people want to hear the story of where DJ Marvin slash the random dude, if you've ever gamed with me, my gaming nerd friends also watch this, uh, <laughs> where the random dude comes from. And uh, that's your gaming you handle. The yeah, that's my dude. gaming handle. Oh, tell them the reason why you chose that name. Um, it's the X Random X Dude. And any of you who have, uh, any of you are Call of Duty fans, uh, I played the original Call of Duty, the original World at War, which had zombies. It was the first zombies. And I'm playing the very first map ever in zombies. And these three clowns join me. One guy is named Skullman, who knows now goes by Duck Screen because he's a huge Oregon fan. Um, Skullman or Michael Pappas, man, really, really cool dude. Another guy, uh, I can't remember the fat kid's name. He was a fat kid. I'm not trying to be mean to him. Can't remember his name at all. DJ Marvin? No, no, no. I said <laughs> Mike fat kid. Um, and then some Asian chick that Pappas was totally into. And Mike, I am totally ratting you out right now. And Amy was her name. I shoot you die. Uh, and we played games together for a while. And we're playing zombies, and we would play with three of us, and we need a fourth person. We just get some random dude in a lobby. Hey, don't turn on the power, guys. Who turned on the effing power? Random dude did. Who opened this door? Random dude did. So one day I came in the game as a random dude. So uh, really not that entertaining of a story, but uh, I think some of my gaming nerd friends will like it. And, dude, people have an obsession with feeding the show. Your sister. Debbie, right, is your sister, which is really weird. We both have sisters named Debbie. Um, yours is way hotter. Just saying, Debbie, how you doing? <laughs> um, she said nice feet. So I don't know what people's <laughs> obsession with but staring at y'all's feet are. Maybe I should let you guys wear shoes from now on. Um, so, yeah, Nick, you're going to interview me at some points as well. Um, we're going to do some product reviews at some point. You know, at some point I actually want you to go ahead and bring in your rig of preference. And, and if you guys don't know, I think, Jay, you absolutely prefer a vector. You're wearing that shirt right now. And I want to let people talk about what they do, man. A, a lot of our fun jumpers don't get to know us. And my goal is to actually depart skydiving. Um, not completely, man. I'm always going to focus on skydiving. Skydiving is a catalyst in my life. But uh, in four weeks from now, I'm going to have uh, Steven Eric Angelos on here. Uh, some of y'all know Steven from the Wind Tunnel. And Steven is actually going to uh, – uh, he's writing a, he's written a book. Yep. Uh, what's the name of the book? It is a white picket fence. If you haven't read it, it's a <coughs> it's a really really good book. It's um about seventy two pages, so it takes yep. me you know like ten minutes. Um, Took Jay two days, <laughs> actually like two weeks. But <laughs> no, um, I started a. Stephen told me about it at the tunnel, and I was actually there doing some coaching, and he just happened to go. Oh, I have a copy. Let me 
and then let you check it out. And so sitting there in between coaching schedules, I just sat there and read the book. I couldn't put it down. You know, it's a, it's a really, really good story. It's looking through the eyes of an older gentleman as he l- reflects back on his life. You know, okay. just, you know, depending on how he lived his lifestyle, all the different things, you know, from his perspective from when he was a little kid all the way up, you know, kind of like a flashback in a way. What's the name of the book again? Uh, White Picket Fence. You can get it on uh, Amazon, and you can get it at um, Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. You can also download it as an ebook. You can download oh, the you ebook. Can download yeah, it's on the Kindle, I believe. Um, and I think it might be available on iBooks. I'm not 100 sure about that. Last time I, when I originally looked for it, um, I couldn't find it. But you know, somebody out there, if you can, can you check you Mr. P? Check on it. Over. Okay. But uh, I'm not sure if you can get it on iBooks, but. Guys, definitely read it. Um, number one, support a homie, support a friend, man. Uh, buy the book. We got to support it's, uh, our boy. Ten bucks, I believe. Ten bucks, dude. He's a skydiver slash tunnel instructor. Uh, for now, we'll talk about all of that when Steven shows up. But I want people to read the book. I'm gonna definitely uh, have read it at least probably twice at that point because I have a horrible memory, and I want to read it right before he shows up, just that way it's fresh. And he's also not only written that book, he's writing a couple other yeah. books, and he's really he's, he's putting he's his hands all over the place. He sent me a. Uh, a prototype of what he has going on right now. Just They're called Rough Drafts. Same difference. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he sent me that one um, on his other book. I uh, can't really go into it, but I mean, it's he's he's making some edit and some changes to it. But it's a it's a really good book as well. And the cool thing I liked about reading his first one is now that I kind of know his writing style, so it's really easy to get into reading his book because of the style that he writes in. What so do you mean? There's a lot of pictures. It totally. Well, it's just <laughs> pop up. So every time I open it up, it just shows me what's going on. And like, well, that was not what was popping up, Jay. Well, yeah, but we were, had goggles on. So we didn't <laughs> <turn them up. laughs> I knew that was best to share at the beginning, <laughs> not the end of this, man. Uh, so we're, we're going to have all sorts of cool people. Um, uh, I've got a lot of other really cool guests. Uh, Nick and I were talking about some of them tonight. We'll, we'll do a little bit more. Uh, s- thank you, uh, Mr. P, for sharing that white picket fence. Is it on iBooks? Did you find uh, I didn't find it on iBooks. I found it on uh, Barnes & Noble's website, though. So, And I do know it's on Kindle because I went to download it on Kindle. That and uh, Stephen suggested a book, uh, Jab, 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 Right Hook, which if you're in business, check it out. Just saying. Um, crap. So people who are asking, that's what's going on. That's what we're doing. We're just a bunch of idiots sitting here having a Macallan 15, super good, fine oak, and a uh, Jack Daniels. That's single a bottle. single barrel, man, right? Yeah. Dude, I'd never seen like I always thought Jack was cheap. No way. It's a really good it's 132 proof. <laughs> you know he's a redneck when even his glass says Jack Daniels. Well, it's actually Heath and Fowler. <laughs> <laughs> it burns. <laughs> That's smooth. Yep. That's not Jack Daniels. It's those single barrels are, are really, really good. Um but I love the stuff that you have as well. I think you've had this Mac 15 yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. It's just really good, man. So w- we're mainly here. We're goofing off, wanting to talk about the world and what's going on. And one of the things that people keep asking about is Bella, 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 including your roommate, Jed Lloyd. Jed just signed hey, in. Jed, you're supposed to bring her? God. Jed, do not bring Bella. She will destroy my house and the tripod this camera's set up on. <laughs> Jed, you are not allowed over. Valerie, my wife is watching this. Valerie, do not let Jed in the house. She, uh, if you don't know, she is my second vehicle. So when I Valerie is your second vehicle? No, Bella. <laughs> Bella? Yeah, dude. I, I have actually been cruising through the neighborhood. And, and Jay and I live in the same neighborhood, just the opposite. Ends. Actually, I live in BJ's house. 
Yeah. yeah. He, I'm a slumlord. I, it was a rental property. He moved in. Slumlord. Actually, you were just trying to get his kid out of the house. Dude, you, you, you were actually <laughs> – Jay comes up, and Mr. P, I don't know if you realize it, he shows up. Hey, man, can I trash for two nights? Two months later, he's still in my freaking guest room. I have an empty room because Mark's anal cheerio had moved out of the other house. I'm like, hey, Jay, you looking for a place to live? Because now I get rid of a freeloader, and I get rent at the same time. Yeah, but technically, I only really was here two days. It probably a total of two days. That, that is true. <laughs> and anybody who ever hears me call him a freeloader, he more than made up for it with can it with a uh, tunnel coaching. <laughs> and uh, he coached me with both Valerie and I and really and really helped us out a lot. So uh, not a total freeloader. I think you more than paid your rent in uh, tunnel coaching. So so thank you, you freeloader. <laughs> um, dude. Uh. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, Bella's my second vehicle. So Yeah, I've seen you cruising through the neighborhood. She'll pull me 20 miles an hour. Yeah, dude. Sometimes I'm riding, and I'm like, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not joking. And so she's actually pulled you all the way to this house. Yeah, it's uh, one and a half miles. Yeah, yeah. I, as I say, I think uh, yeah, uh, Apple Maps calls it 1.8 miles door yeah. to door. So 1.8 miles, this little pit bull just. <laughs> yeah. And we'll definitely, we'll make a chance at it. And he's a good cook, too. I'm not sure what your dad means by that. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about your dog, and he's a good cook. Is that he's an Asian joke somewhere? Bella. Bella's a good cook. Actually, you are a good cook. I, I will give you credit for that. We uh, we made some made a really cool giant quesadilla last night. I mean, it was <laughs> that freaking big. Six inches. Yeah, total. Six inches. I think it was actually seven, yeah. but if you want to get technical. Ladies, he is single. He is available, and he's afraid of commitment. <laughs> Look him up on Tinder. I don't know what the other apps are called, man. I've been married for 13 years. <laughs> I don't know how you date people anymore. No, you just put as much personal information you can out on the internet and just hope it works. WikiLeaks. Exactly. Wiki. I mean, that's what that's where my new dating profile is at. It's on Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been skydiving for a while. I'm going to get back to skydiving for one second. And it's been neat to watch you jump because you were jumping a katana when you showed up. Yep. What uh, size? A katana 120. Okay. I, I did the traditional downsizing. Uh, when I first started, when I started uh, in 2002, when I was 16, I literally was like 135 pounds. I was a, I had the, actually the, my baseball teammates called me Beanpole. You know, I mean I was thin as a rail, but I could go and run, you know, 12 miles without any hesitation, any any problems. And um, started jumping, jumping static line, and kept going from there. And basically got started jumping, I think it was a triathlon 190. It was the very first canopy, and I loaded it like one-to-one. How many jumps did you have when you got on a tri-190? That was my static line. Okay. I actually jumped a triathlon 190 from jump like 17 to 20. Yeah. And my first container was a Dolphin. Like super, super free fly friendly. What's up, what's up, what's up? <laughs> did yours have the snap or the Velcro? Uh, it had the Velcro. So my first container was a dolphin as well, and it had the snaps, and they insisted on having it converted to Velcro. And I don't know if it was a service bulletin. I don't know if it was it. But my rigor's like, bro, you ain't jumping this with these snaps. And, dude, the snaps were janky. For people, like, picture button snaps on your jacket. Yeah, they were bad. <laughs> that was what helped kill my the guy, the guy who taught me <laughs> had, had those. <Yeah. laughs> what year was this, Jay? 2002. 
wow. Mine was 97, 98 when I bought my first rig. See, uh, 97, 98 seems, I can imagine snaps. But 2002 seems like they should have been. Well, but this, this guy started skydiving. Um, uh, he got by a guy by the name of Keith. You know, God bless him. Um, he Airplane guy, right? He died yeah. in a plane crash. You know, one of my teammates on uh, December 18, 2010. And uh, he was actually my big inspiration to continue on in sports, actually, when he when that accident happened. So uh, I don't know if you know, a lot of people might not know, but I ran a demo team called the Flying Dragons that was actually his team, and he kind of slowly let me take it over. But they called you the Flaming Dragons, just saying. Okay. And uh, I started running that, and we did demos all over the country. We were sponsored by the Army. We got to do some really, really cool demos, jumping like Tennessee Stadium, live on ESPN, like all kinds of really, really cool jumps. And um, if it wasn't for him, I would have never got to skydive. Because I mean, even though you could jump at 16, mm-hmm. you know, they, uh, they really weren't adamant about letting you. But just because I was going into the military and things like that, that he was former military, he was actually one of the uh, one of the original SS guys from Vietnam. I had no clue. I never had a clue about any of that stuff until I went to his funeral and actually got to see how big of a part in the uh, the military he actually was. I remember meeting you as your co-trading and stuff went on, and in fact, we immediately had a bond. I mean, you get two special need fellas, and we just kind of connect on that level. And you told me about Keith. You told me this is not just inspiration for me continuing skydiving, but was actually inspiration for you to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to sit here for you and I six years down the road and for Keith's memory seven years down the road basically. And now you can share and tell his story and, and let people understand what motivated you. And, I mean, God rest his soul, Keith. And how many people were in that plane accident? Uh, there was – it was a 182 and mm-hmm. there was – Basically, four people and a pilot. And this was in Louisiana. I'm trying to remember the airport. Uh, Crowley. Crowley. That's, that's right, yeah. So. It was a huge blow because, you know, Crowley is not that far away from Houston, and it's the Gulf region. And, and of course, most of the people watching this are skydivers. And uh, SSK just shared it. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Um, what's your name at SSK? Hannah. Hannah. I'm sorry, Hannah. I am so sorry. But thank you all. Um, and when they're just down the road from us, man, skydivers are close-knit. And I didn't know any of these fellas. I didn't know one of them. But I knew a lot of the need for fame. T.J. Middleton yeah. is a buddy yeah, of he ours. He was actually in the crash. That's right. T.J. Okay. was actually in the crash. Yeah. So. And, and then we lose him. It's a big deal. And we always hope their memory lives on. And then I meet you. And I hear all these wonderful stories about these guys because I didn't hear much. You know, T.J. told me about the surviving. But T.J. didn't talk about the stories much when this first happened. And nor do I blame him, man. Yeah. You know, he let a little bit out, but dude, that's that's heavy. That's super yeah. heavy. And uh, you've shared a lot of, of these guys, man. And, and I hope people a- ask ask Jay about these fellas, man, because there's some really cool stories yeah, that you've shared with these guys. We just lost a uh, we just lost another good buddy to cancer that was that grew up with us on that drop plane. So that's right. Yeah, that's right. But he uh, he's since the last week and never shown up in time and everything like that. My buddy Landon. So, okay, so this is a different because you recently lost a few friends, mm-hmm. dude. How old are you? Uh, just turned thirty. Well, not just turned, but I'm thirty now. You're thirty now, and uh, you've lost a lot of really good friends in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I can honestly say I've only lost one person who meant tons to me, and, and that's horrible because I've lost uh, family as far as grandparents. But my grandparents have always lived half a world away, literally, the other side of the, of the world. 
And so the only person I've ever lost dear to me is Dennis Anderson. And at 30, you've lost half a dozen. Yeah, it, it sucks, you know. Um, yeah, that's about it. I don't have it much more to say than that. Dude, that's <laughs> cool, man. I think that's why you do what you do, though. I think that's what makes me who I am, man. We are motivated to live life, man. You know, all, all these friends we've lost, and I've heard you tell a lot of these stories, all my friends I've lost, if you've ever heard me say sure, and I, I think I'm, a lot of people know, hey, DJ, can this, sure. Dennis Anderson said sure to anything you asked him. And that was his mindset, and that was his mentality, man. Hey, Dennis, can you help me with this? Sure. Hey, Dennis, can we do this? Sure. And Dennis Anderson uh, was one of the most unique spirits and one of the most unique people, and he taught me to live life to his fullest. These friends, I think the reason you live life with a vigor is because of the memory of these friends, right? Yeah. It's really cool to see, man. So you start as a, as a static line student. You get to a triathlon 190 and a dolphin with Velcro. I had snaps. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I s- <laughs> the one thing that still blows me away every time I look back at uh, the way I learned to skydive. And I had, I still remember, you know, the, the pilot, Jerry, He's, he's passed away also, but he was the owner of the drop zone. It was called Tom and Jerry Skydiving. <laughs> I remember that. It was no joke. That was the name of the place, Tom and Jerry Skydiving. Then it got transferred over to uh, Louisiana Airport, um, and then it becoming, once that one dropped down, um, they changed it over. Uh, Gravity Air Sports. Gravity Air Sports, right. Yeah. But I still never forget, I'm exit, boom, let go, underneath, and I still totally thought, by the way, this might just be I was 16 and dumb. But I totally thought when I went out in that wing and was holding on under that strut, I was going to be planked out. <laughs> 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 I totally thought I was just going to be, like, just holding on for my damn life just on that. And they were just like, <laughs> you know. you know, Like Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad Ben's not here. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> most of our friends have never jumped out of a small Cessna. Yeah. You know, a Cessna is a caravan of them. Yeah. I mean, uh, Doing bad hangs and things like that out of a 182. What's a bad hang, man? Most of these people don't know. So a bad hang is if you ever, if you know what a 182 is, the strut. You climb out the strut, you turn around, you hang on, and you hang your feet up on top of it. And then you basically just hang like a bat from the wing of the airplane. And to see the look on Cameron's faces (laughs) when you do that is so iconic, man. It's There's nothing better than watching them. Just look at you like, what the hell is going on? Dude, cr- uh, Corey. Corey Sonier. I don't even know, yep. I don't know if I said that name right. Yep. Corey, dude. Uh, shout out to Corey. He actually is tight Gravity Sports Skydiving Center. Those, those are our boys in Louisiana. So bat hang on a 182 is, you're, you're going like 70 knots is a fast ground speed on a 172. Yeah. Really or fast. 182. And, and really, that's slow to us in these big airplanes. So when you get out there, there's no prop blast. There's no wind blast. When you first leave, Watching somebody who grew up in a turban. You ever watch somebody with 500 jumps in a turban leave a Cessna? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> What's it look like? <laughs> they're just swimming. <laughs> Dude, they've got, they're like, I don't know what to do with myself, man. It's kind of like watching somebody with their first balloon jump. And what's funny is before, actually, shout out to Corey. He let me use his military uniform to do, uh, um, before I left for the Army, he let me do a jump in uh, his military uniform. Um, man, that was such a bad mistake. Those damn freaking collar <laughs> just <laughs> ate me up so bad. <laughs> um, man, there's so many people telling stories right now. One of the best things you got to do when this is done, go back to Facebook, 
when you look at all the freaking comments, dude, some of the stories your friends are telling you, some of the things that we're missing right now that Mr. P is catching up on is really, really cool stories. Um, so I, I keep looking and glancing. I'm, my main thing is to make sure the live is, the feed is still going. I, I know I got Mr. P monitoring that, but I can't help myself. Um, so you're saying you basically micromanage? Not normally. <laughs> if you ever work with me in rating courses, I try not to. But Mr. P, are you doing everything right? I'm killing it over here. Dude, Sorry I'm not more talkative. I'm, uh, I've got a little bit of a cold. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. Well, I mean, do you also plan on Ben Nelson to be here? No, I'm happier that he's not. Yeah, it's, it's probably going to be better. Yeah, it's just easier this way. And now Maxie's got somebody to cuddle with and, you know, it's a happier place. Oh, wait a minute. John Reese just joined. I do have to do one thing if Mr. Reese has joined. i got to put my shoes back on. <laughs> Why is that? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, John? How are you doing? <laughs> um, so, Cessna, man, they're, they're super fun. They're a good time. Yeah. And one of my scariest life stories is skydiving. It really isn't one of the scariest, but... This kind of freaked me out is we had our caravan go down at Skydive Greensburg in Indiana, and we had the caravan go down. We had a buddy who was there with his dad's 172. This is a company 172. It's really clean. It's really nice. And we ripped out all the interior to do tandems out of that day. So we got our 206, a 182, and a 172 doing tandems. And we can't put the door back on the 172. It's not a jumpable door. So I fly video all day long, and all day long I sit at the edge of the door of this 172 taking off. Man, I used to think that was the coolest thing ever. Dude, I pooped my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I used to think that was the coolest thing ever because when I learned, we used to take off with the door open all the time. Yeah. And that was like a normal thing. Dude, it, it scared the bejesus out of me. I was afraid I was going to be the guy who fell out of the plane I was, with I my seatbelt hanging on to me, and I'm the retard dangling from the yeah, bottom of the plane. We used to do, um, we'd do demos out of a 210, right? And we always took the door off of the 210. And pilot was sitting there. He's like, don't put a seatbelt on. I don't want you to be attached to me if you fall <laughs> out. <laughs> Dead serious. Like, if you were the guy in the door, that's what he looked at. He's like, no, you can just, like, grab a hold of the seatbelt and hang on and don't fall out. But don't put a seatbelt on. I don't want you taking the plane down if you fall <laughs> out. <laughs> you ain't taking me with you, <laughs> son of a gun. You learn in this small Cessna operation. You eventually progress in in parachute. So, uh, a triathlon I, went from, I went from that, from a triathlon, to an F-111-170. PD-170? Nine South? PD, yep. F-111-170. Man. How many jumps do you think were on that wing? Oh, I have no clue, honestly. Because I bought the, the rig container setup, so that was like my first everything. And uh, I would loaded that like just over one-to-one. And, and so what comes next in your canopy? I went to a, uh, a Sabre, Sabre 150 to a Monarch 150. Dude, the shower the curtain. Uh, the shower curtain. <laughs> And uh, shout out to Devin Connolly, who ended up buying that from me. And just to make it so it matched, he bought the pilot chute that matched. <laughs> Dude, so Devin, you're bringing mud bugs. When Jay comes back in May, Brompton Manor, we are doing a crawfish actually, boil. I think he might be moving. You're coming. I'm, I'm calling you out, Devin. You know, you're moving to Lake Charles. So don't talk about it. Do it. Yeah. So. Get a dumb man. Public call out. Mr. P, you're relying on these uh, crawdads, um, right? If, if you teach me the method, if you teach me how to really crack those things open real fast, make it a more efficient system, I'll, so tr you I'll want, try you it You want out. a more efficient system for meat in your mouth. Exactly. You know that i got to stuff that meat in my mouth <laughs> as fast as I can. Jay is an expert at handling meat to go in his mouth. I only learn from the best. Yes, only. You know, I learn from the best. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
you go from the Monarch to a Sabre 135. Sabre 1. Sabre 1. How is the Sabre 1 open? I know this, but people don't. So, honestly, mine didn't open that bad. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't, I mean, every now and then I had, I actually had more hard openings on the Monarch than I did on the Sabre. Um, but if, if you're not sure on a Sabre 1 versus Sabre 2, Sabre 1s typically had a little bit more of a uh, positive slash hard opening. Um, but the Monarch would explode. Like <laughs> Knock your socks off. It didn't, it didn't matter. Like You could try to go as slow as you wanted. You could do whatever you wanted, but it still would just bam. pitch, bam, 300 feet, yeah. you're good. I know buddies who had a Monarch. Dennis Anderson had one. And if you get a Monarch that opens good, never get rid of it. And he swore by that fact. He would never get rid of that Monarch because it's like one of the unicorns of Monarchs because it yeah. opens well. So uh, one third, yeah. Went from that to a Sabre 2 120. Okay. And I jumped that 120 for a long time. And then being, you know, conservative and really worried about because I I was never going to swoop. That is stuff is BS. You should never do that, right? Said the same thing. I'll yep. never swoop. That's I'll dangerous. Swoop. Said that for the longest time. So I went to a Katana 120. Still never swooped. Showed up to Spaceland. Everybody swooped. I had to fit in. So, guess what? Learned from Kyle Shinobi and Critter how to swoop. Who are both Wuffos now. Just yep. throwing that out there. Yep. The, uh, my well actually, the funny thing is this. Um, I don't know if you guys, uh, I think I know you know him, but uh, you know Brian uh, Beekler, Nick Rock? Uh, he used to come out here, and he he was part of the uh, Team USA swoop team for a long time. Okay, all right. Yeah. I know exactly he used to come out here and would be he would coach, and if we all wanted to do it, he would video and do a little bit of debriefing mm -hmm. for okay. us if we wanted. But he is actually the reason why I started selling. Beekler, super good dude, man. If you ever get a chance to meet him, he's definitely one of your nicer fellows you meet. So when I decided when I started to join the army, um, I wanted to do special forces, like wanted to do that. They accepted you in the army because they thought you said special ed. Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. just clear. Um, so I go. I'm sitting at home at my house at my parents' house, watching the military channel, and a military freefall school comes on. And if you guys have ever watched the show, there's only ever been one episode of it, and you know the one I'm talking about. There's uh, a guy on there who keeps spinning out of control, right? Just nonstop, and they're failing people left and right, you know, in this in this program. People just can't do it. They're exiting. They even did tunnel time beforehand. They're exiting the plane. They're spinning out of control. They're dropping people left and right. Well, Brian is the guy on the show who's doing the cutting. Okay. He's cutting people. Like, well, you're recycled. You're going home. Right? So I'm watching that show at night, pull out my computer, look up a drop zone, and I was like, that's not going to be me. Like, I'm not going to flunk out because of that. <laughs> so totally found a drop zone. Had to have the pilot come in the house. And I'll still never forget my parents sitting there watching the Bill Booth video with us, you know, because there was a potential for me to do tandem stuff. And the guy going, Jerry, looking at my parents, he goes, oh, man, those planes are so safe. I run out of gas all the time. <laughs> I still remember that to this day. My parents just, like, look at each other like, did he really just say that? I, uh, I love skydivers reactions or, or skydiver statements when they say it nonchalantly because you know we screw with wuffos mm -hmm. straight up we love messing with tandem students but when we say it just off the cuff just nonchalantly and move on like we're not messing with them those are the best moments 
that's that's like the uh, the move in the tunnel where you tell the student when they ask you, "Hey, uh, how does the instructor stay on the net?" The net's electrified. His shoes are covered in magnets. <laughs> you guys really and don't. you walk off. <laughs> totally, just completely serious. Oh, do you guys really do that? In oh the yeah, all the yes. time. All the time. And mm. Waz, that is your like go-to move. Yeah, you steal that from Waz. What's that? You steal that from him. Oh uh, yeah, he's he's the one guy I know that can look at a student in the face and tell them how bad they did and still get a tip. He's got that recipe. From TB. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Dave, you angle that left uh, up more towards your mouth. There oh yeah, go. it all comes through this. Ah, uh, the center of it. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very directional mic. So you really gotta, you know, think Ooh. black phallic thing, and you'll probably be just. So I'll just go back to your goggle days. Got it. Goggle days. <laughs> uh, dude, skinny. Bl- Wait a minute, Val. You're not watching this still, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder. I wonder if Val actually heard the VR goggle porn <laughs> up thing, man. Uh-huh. I know when I go to bed and my pillow's on the couch tonight, she heard it. Mm-hmm. She's like, take your VR goggles and stay there, mister. Yeah. So when I came to Spaceland, um, everybody was sleeping, right? And I still was not about it. But then we had, uh, I started slowly getting into it, getting into it, and started doing turns and turns. And from that Katana 120, I actually went to a Velo 96. I had no choice. I guy really was not planning on going to that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked to Brian. Um, I talked to several different people. That and that when I actually was looking to maybe go to a different canopy was during Swoop Nationals 2011, right? And, uh, one of the guys I had talked to was Jonathan Tabor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a really long talk with him. He watched me swoop a few times, took some video of it, gave me some pointers and things. And then I had that conversation. He goes, oh, you should go to a VLO 96. He's like, you're full-time jumping. You know, you're doing this many jumps a week. You know, you're staying current, all these different things. Would you recommend most people go from a Katana 120 to a VLO 96? No. No. I mean, like, what, I mean would, what would the normal next step be for the normal person? In my... In I would say maybe one size down, you know, but I would I would even consider my thought process was going to a cross brace 120. Yeah. Was staying on the same canopy. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I was kind of told and kind of to combat that was, you know, that's going to fly like a bigger canopy, so maybe only go down one size. But I still really think that going on the same platform, you know, staying on the same size, staying on the same plan. wing and just changing it. Plan form. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you'll learn. <laughs> I still think I still think that's probably the the safest route. Yeah, you know. For um, sure. And I still remember me, me and me and TJ had the argument. I talked to several other canopy pilots who both gave me the same advice that you know you're doing you know you're doing almost a uh, fifty sixty jumps a week. Mm-hmm. You know your your current fee is way higher than what a weekend warrior is going to ever be able to maintain. Yeah. I remember when you made the move, it wasn't like a super scary move. It was like, that's a pretty aggressive move, but I think you were in the right place and the right time. And I and I didn't even buy the wing. I didn't buy it. Whose was it? It was Jonathan Tabor. Okay. And he how m- he yeah. sent me I get I get a package. Manifest calls me, Jay, you got a package in your office. I go in there, open it up, and there's a canopy in there, arm risers, everything, and it just says jump it, you pussy, JT. <laughs> nice. I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah How many jumps did you put on the 96? Man, probably 1,600. 
Nice. My, I don't know if you know, but my first Crawlspace canopy was a red, all red 96. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Cody Edgeworth, who I took Cody on his first tandem. I took Cody on his first tandem, and in nine years to the date after that, I found that he was jumping my first velo. So it's gone to a very, very happy home. Antonio Arias, however mm-hmm. you say his last name, actually jumps my other velo 96. I had, I had sisters. They were almost identical twins. And after the velo 96, 1,600 jumps, what did you do next? Um, I broke a line, so I downsized. <laughs> I re- actually, I forget about this, but now I remember. Um, I was already in the process of looking to downsize. And Sue Churchich, you remember this well. I used the excuse that I broke a line to swoop the hanger. Um, and I still remember to this day, like, I was jumping a full RDS. And boom, opened up. Felt weird. Broke a uh, broke a line. And I still remember looking at it, sitting there, deciding if I was going to cut it away or not. Right. And while I was making that decision, I went, you know what? I'm not going to lose my slider and stuff. So I took the whole RDS off, everything, put it in my pocket before <laughs> doing anything to decide if uh, I was going to land it. And I, I swear to God, I probably did 20 practice flares before I ever made a decision oh to yeah. land that thing. I was so paranoid. And I still remember at 2,000 feet just sitting there going, should I cut it away? Should I not cut it away? Do a couple more flares, a couple more flares. And the fact that it, it really was didn't buckle, didn't have any hesitation, just flew like it was no, normal flying. Dude, what which line was it? It was a it was an inboard. Yeah, I think I it was an inboard A. No, I no, it was inboard uh, C. A CD. I had my inside rear bust on my Velocity ninety six, and I did the same thing, dude. I did like twenty turns up high. I turn and stabbed out of it. I turn. I did everything to make sure I could land it. And dude, I whipped a two seventy. And this is back when we could do 270s up front. I think you were in the same boat. Yeah, the good old days. And uh, we could still carve in the main landing area. Yep, and I lay days. down a 270 straight crosswind, and I lay a wing over, drag my wingtip across the ground into the wind. And in the middle of the turn, somebody goes, he's got a fucking broken line, man. What <laughs> a couple people freaked out. Probably not my best decision to throw a wing over down at that point. But, uh, dude, inside D breaks, the velocity does fly yeah. well. And so I started jumping um, a 90 after that. And it was uh, actually a still. And it was uh, Gavin Griffin. He let me borrow his 90. So that 90 finally got to see good landings. Mm-hmm. I love you, Gra- Gavin. I love yeah. you much. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, ironic because Gavin didn't work for Space Line, right? So Gavin worked for Space Line. I met him here, everything like that. And then he left and went and worked somewhere else. And then, of course, Space Line, you know, bought into Cooliston. Yeah, yeah. And so now he works for Space Line again. And I uh, went down there and ended up breaking a line while teaching Sue. That's and right. he gave me the 90 to jump. And I ended up actually going from that. I jumped down one more size to an 84. But I was still jumping full time. Yeah. You know, still doing, you know, 1,200 jumps a year. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, you never did anything scary in your downsizing progression. Uh, you're super aggressive. But I was like, yeah, man, if that gets guy, this guy gets hurt, I don't care. I mean, no, I, I <laughs> felt really comfortable that you were going to make the right decisions. And that's one of the things that really, A, impresses me, but B, proves a point to people, is you eventually downsized to a Valkyrie. And what's your first Valkyrie? What size was it? Uh, my first was 79. And a 79. And some of the first jumps you did on the 79 is the same thing I'll do. I tell people all the time, I'm going to land a canopy straight in the first time. Why, why, why? You, I'm like, because I want to see how long of a runway I need. How long are my skid marks if I land straight in and no end? 
and you actually jumped it into a demo. So you did some practice jumps yeah, and landed jump, straight in. Jump five was jump five on the Valkyrie was uh, the demo into the base Valkyrie. So what's your wing loading on this canopy? Um, the seventy nine, I think I'm at two eight. And and that's the thing that people tell me all the time with these wing loadings, you have to turn it to land it right. No. And you land it straight in. Zero issues, perfect accuracy, perfect stand-up landing. So people who think you have to turn a landing canopy to land it well, you need to learn to land a canopy. Yeah. That's what you um, need to do. The first thing I ever, ever do anytime I get a new canopy, and um, you know, even when I, what I'm going to do, even though I've jumped, even though I've jumped the uh, the canopy I'm getting ready to get, before, I'm still going to fly that canopy as if I've never flown it, just so I can go back and learn the basics. Like when I got the Valkyrie, when I got the every. Every velo I've got, I've never just went out and the first thing I did was turn it. Yeah. You know, I've, I've always did basically um, a hop and pop and practice turns, practice time in recovery, time in this, time in that. Really just paying attention and really just studying video. I mean, I'm, I mean, I learned, I actually learned to free fly um, back in the day from watching Anomaly. You know, watching Stevie and Trent. I mean, that's, I had nobody to teach because it's Seth the way to drop zone who really free flies. Third time, Nick, third episode, and every single one of you have brought up who? Yep, I think we all watch those videos. Oh Anomaly, yeah. man. Uh, dude, shout out to Steven, yeah. Jed, Trent. You guys are definitely shredders. I actually got to meet those guys in 05 the first time. But So big shout out. They taught you to free fly. You watch video to I learn turn canopies. Yep, just did the same thing. Studied, and uh, the tip I learned from Beekler was – Find a turn that you actually like that that money turn that you did, and just study that study that timing, study that flight path, mm-hmm. study how it works. You know, and um, I'm excited to get a, a fly site, a fly site, so I can start really looking at the different things, just seeing you know where I'm being inefficient on a turn, where I'm being sure. you know being too fast, too slow, all those different things. Um, and a great tool to actually start building and. Really studying your turns. You yeah. know, uh, I know Greg Win- Windmiller sw- swears by him. Uh, he always talks about him. Dude, Greg uses a lot of graphics data information from fly sites. We did the tracking comp recently and used a lot of fly site data. And Safety Day will actually use fly site data to prove some tracking points. Uh, the uh, last uh, the November Fly for Life, uh, all the leaders were wearing them so they could study the actual movements of of movement dives and kind of see what's actually happening in a movement dive, how far they're traveling, how far they're actually moving, you know, things like that. So they can really start breaking down those uh, jumps. And and the fly sites go. What's that? Ice. Mr. P. Rocks. Thanks, homie. So uh, the fly sites, man. As you know, a lot of people hear guys like angle guys using it. People hear like high performance canopy guys use it. And there's zero doubt in my mind, it's a huge advantage for people like us to learn to do things but man even working with younger jumpers uh i'll never i don't think i'll i'll really ever use fly sites and basic canopy courses because of how intense the basic canopy course is i am considering lengthening my basic canopy course and then inserting some more information and dilute you know making it easier in a couple days and then adding a little bit more but it'll be easier and if i do i can have fly site but just one-on-one coaching and low time coaching man the things people see with their fly sites, no matter what I tell you, no matter what you tell them, no matter what goes on, that empirical data, that, that information in front of you is su- such a huge difference. Uh, I love those fly sites. So you go to a – you were about to say something about fly sites? 
Oh, no. oh, I was just talking about the uh, the Fly for Life game. Okay, cool. But the Fly for Life, dude. I, I, I really think I think it'd be cool though. Honestly, I think it'd be really cool to throw them on a couple <laughs> students in strategic places that would make it so, of course, there's not any no snack has or anything like that. But just to see yeah. the see the true flight path of a student underneath this canopy and just you know start getting some uh, some just collect data and see what's actually happening. I know it's probably already out there, but. You know, but a mass out. amount. I don't think there's a mass amount. Yeah. And really, um, have you seen Cookie's mount? The uh, for that? Yeah, for the fly sight. Not no. I, I Dude, haven't. Cookie's fly sight mount mounts on the back of the helmet, and it's super duper clean. I'd really want to scrutinize it one more time before I make this decision. But it's so clean, I would feel comfortable putting it on the back of the helmet of a student. But forget that for one second. We actually during uh, the tracking comp we had with Scott Latinus, we actually had somebody wear a fly sight on the back of their helmet. And inside their helmet on a uh, helmet that would fit in, and like the binnies, it'll totally fit. So it's completely snag hazard or snag free. Um, they never have to interact with it because the instructor turns it on, puts it in their helmet. So we could track a dozen students like that, and, and it would be neat to actually use. Yeah, it would be totally cool to see what what kind of actual, you know, and just log the different wing loadings, so we can really start studying. Because I think as instructors, it would it would help us a lot if we know different wing loadings and we're like oh this student's on eight five or you know as their first die float what their what their descent rate's actually going to be versus if we're used to doing a point eight all the time you know everybody we always do point eight on die float one for baselines but i think it'd be cool if we could look into oh the students at a point eight six point eight seven for die float one and then be able to understand what's really going to happen more not from experience but for more for data so we can see yeah. You know, like you said, Greg Windmiller is already using this stuff, and Greg taught me some very interesting statistics. And and I've always taught, as you increase wing loading, you lose not only reaction time, but you lose learning time. You're not going to learn as much because you go through your learning windows faster. What do you think the descent rate difference is between a .8 wing loading and a 1.1 wing loading? How much learning time difference is there? I'll start with telling you this. A .8 wing loading has about an average descent rate of 10 feet per second. What's 1.1? I'm just spitballing. I honestly could not tell you, but I would say maybe one seven. Mr. P, what do you think? I uh, I wasn't uh, hanging on to those numbers. What is it, is this math I got to do? You got to do yeah. math, man. Okay, hit so me, hit me with that again. A point eight wing loading has a descent rate of about ten feet per second. Point eight, ten feet per second. Okay. What's the descent rate at one point one? Gosh, uh, ten feet per second. Point eight. I don't know. I would imagine. I mean, I want to just do the math and mm. think that it would be equal, but I imagine it's going to get a lot more aggressive because the reason I'm asking is it's it's substantial. So, so is it at uh, 15 feet, 20 feet? Uh, I, I said 17. Jay said 17. You just said 20, and it's 19 feet per second. So just for for those of you new jumpers and for people who you and I do a lot of coaching who say, well, man, I, I'm really, like, learning quick, so I, I want to go to this 1.1 wing loading. A 1.1 wing loading, I truly don't believe it's super dangerous for some of our newer jumpers if they have the right mindset, the right skill set, the right attitude. But forget all that, dude. You're cutting your learning time down. Now, I don't expect you to say at a point eight. But I want to get the data, and I actually have uh, a bunch of data worth of jumps. I've been collecting data for a little bit now, and uh, we'll release some more of it. Um, actually, I'll tell you more here in a second. But I'd like to see what 1.0, 0.9, yeah. and all of I these th are. I think uh, the video, I think it's Jay Molesky from PD who, who has it out there that says uh, he talks about downsizing, and he talks about how downsizing is 
more of a trend than the actual necessity. Absolutely. Such a, there's such a great video, and it's the message that he p- points out, you know, and there's, there's a lot of little things that get bypassed on, on downsizing. And I think that so many things could be answered, and there's so many different ways to fly a wing. And if you look at, I mean, if you look at some days, you know, people are doing 90s in the landing area on 71s and 75s and, you know, 90s, and you come in on your Spectre 120s <laughs> and do a 90 and almost pull and off a blind man and almo- and almost <laughs> and fly it and with almost almost poo. the same power that they have, you know, just shows you the efficiency that being able to know how to pilot a wing versus being able just to fly a smaller wing yeah. shows you the huge difference. You know, just because you can, you're, you have the skills to fly it doesn't mean you should be flying. Dude, I give major shout out. I, I call it the Spectre Mafia or Spectre Thug Life. Uh, Spectre Mafia, for me, the godfather of the Spectre Mafia is Tony Hathaway. I don't even know if he knows I call it that. Tony Hathaway has some of the most famous pictures of really dope wingovers on Spectres. And for me, the Spectre Mafia starts with, with the godfather. Um, I really have I, – I, there's there's videos of me doing Ghost Riders, Lazy Boys. I still haven't pulled off the blind man yet on a, on a Spectre, but I'm getting yeah, there. Yeah, but you, you also tried it from a 90. You tried it from <laughs> a 90 on a, on a Spectre, yeah. Um, a DQ, dude. A DQ is one of my key members in Spectre Mafia, man. DQ loves to prove every day. It's not about the wing. It's about the oh pilot. Me, me and DQ both have a video that we just absolutely love. And uh, it's in Dubai, and a guy's in a swoop competition flying a Sabre 2120, and he wins the advance. It's about placing. And, and the, the whole point of the video, it was showing, uh, and it's even, I think it's, I can't remember the exact title of it, but he even talks about it's not about the wing, it's about the pilot. Yeah. So you, you can take a good pilot and put him on any wing, and they're going to learn how to fly that wing efficiently and to get the max performance that they get out of it. And you can take somebody who's not and put them on the same on a smaller wing and still mm-hmm. be outperformed by somebody on those bigger wings. Yeah. And it's such a cool video. He does a 270, and I think he does like 108 meters on a Sabre 2120. Oh, I believe it, man. I, I That's pushing that 300-foot area. And I know on the right day, you've mm-hmm. seen me riff out 270s with my Spectre. And you can, it's just, we don't get them every turn. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Spectre is a scary turn because my Spectre 120, uh, you guys have watched me do this. I turn that 270 from, the last time I look at my altimeter, I'm at about 380. <laughs> and I don't look at the altimeter again, and I don't turn for another one to two seconds. <laughs> so I'm, I'm whipping a 270 around 350 feet, maybe lower. And uh, DQ totally gets this. The one thing I love about Super My Spectre that I will never get from a Valkyrie. You don't have to base jump? No, ground rush. Dude, I never get ground rush, ever get ground rush from hooking my, uh, va- uh, my, my, my Valkyrie. And if I get ground rush from hooking my Valkyrie, I made a big boo-boo. Yeah. Dude, you turn a Spectre like to the ground, basically. Kind of a freaky feeling, but it's a lot of fun. And God, canopy's so awesome. I could talk canopy all day. Dude. I mean, I, I, loved, I love to fly my body, but, you know, to this, to even to the day, you know, my my passion is canopy. I, I love flying a canopy so much, and I would love to see more, like, flocks and things like that um, outside of angles yeah. start happening. You know, we have we have the canopy pilot, especially here in Houston, to, to start doing some of those things. But we all know that crew's freaking scary. <laughs> Dude, crew's scary. Um. You know, that shout out to those guys in Dallas because I mean, they, they make that stuff look easy. I mean, I know they're not flying high performance, but they still make it look easy. So, Mr. P, have you ever seen that picture above my desk right there? See oh, the two yeah, stack? Oh, yeah, that two stack? That two stack is Phil Schmidt and I doing a uh, 
uh, 296s. He's on a Zauser KS96. I'm on a Velocity 96. That's my first velocity. And the left picture is us turning 90 degrees onto final. And the second picture to the right of it is about half a second after break off. So uh, huge shout out to my boy. He's a splat monkey, Alex O'Connor, uh, Miko Ribeiro, myself, uh, splat monkey. We were the small sweet team in the Middle East. No, Mid-East. <laughs> Middle <laughs> East. You say that Middle East. <laughs> I got the beard for it, guys. I got the beard for it. Uh, in, in the Mid-East. We were in Indiana, and we did a little competing in the Mid-East uh, Swoop League at that time. And, yeah, man, Velocity Crew. That's creepy as F, man. Yeah, I, I remember Chris Brewer and Nick Nick Reyes, not Lott. But I think Nick Lott actually shot out that video. No, I don't think so, because I, I wasn't really into doing all that. I mean, right now you guys talking about crew, it still scares me. Like, I'm, I'm totally cool to fly right up to a buddy, and, you know, maybe you bump in cells, and, you know, you're shouting a few things back and forth. But, I like, I want to have that one little <laughs> moment, and then I'm out of there, you know? <laughs> like, I don't want to touch your lines. I don't want you grabbing anything on my canopy. I don't like any of that. Yeah. Dude, I, uh, I did a little bit of uh, Velocity Crew when I first moved to Spaceland, Houston, with Stephen Boyd, and... So I'm flying up behind Steven. I'm going to I'm gonna pin him from the bottom. I'm going to do a bottom dock. And Steven is in a little bit of brakes, and he flies a higher, smaller, smaller canopy, higher wing load in me. So being in brakes, I think, is what's going to keep us together. And the brake mode he's in is perfect, man. I'm like, this is great. He's laying base. This is awesome. And he's back there with his hands behind him, and it looks like he's reaching. It looks like he's reaching. You ever, you've done crew, right? And that's how you reach for a dock. So, man, I'm like, yeah, Steven's in, bro. I park my velo right up against him, soft, gentle dock. We fly it for a few seconds. We peel off. We land. I'm like, yo, bro, that was awesome. Dude, I was waving you off. Oh, Steven, you <laughs> wave off with your feet and crew. That's reaching for a dock, bro. <laughs> so, yeah, Steven has actually done a little bit of unintentional crew, and uh, thank so, God so he you, was super cool with me. You buried him. No, you, did, you did the John Barry. Oh, I buried him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chris Brewer used to do that shit to me all the time. Uh, when we were both shooting video, you know, flying back from a long spot. And I was on a Chaos, and he was on a Velo, which was just a little faster than my Chaos. So he'd, he'd catch up to me. And you would find Chris Brewer when he was uh, hitting you in the back with his up the nose butt. of his canopy. Yeah. 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 Him, and, him and Barry. They're going to chase you down. <laughs> yeah, I remember yelling at him. like, <laughs> get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like it. So uh, the secret of that, if you can deal with the secret of this, is if somebody bottom docks you with a velo, about a third of the way back in the center cell, you push down a little bit, and their canopy Ooh. rags out. Oh, yeah. But, but you've got to be willing for it to rag out around you. Yeah. Um, but, hey, he wraps, cuts away. You take his parachute home for him, you're still going to be okay. No, mm -mm. no, no. no. Nick doesn't like that. Stay away. Hey, <laughs> your, stay hands away. Are, your hands are still up, bro. Yeah, mm -mm. <laughs> I'm hitting those brakes. Oh, I remember flying a three stack with uh, uh, a two seventy nines and eighty four with Chris Brewer and yeah Nick Reyes. Oh uh, God! I thought I could have swore you shot the outside video of that. No, wasn't there. But maybe it was maybe it was Barry who shot it. I think Barry was. Yeah, I remember that day. I it might have been him because I remember we were doing we were doing like uh, we were flying two two stacks side by side and stuff. But you know, me and Chris Brewer used to do those two way swoops all the time. Yeah, you know, and me remember being we'd bump incels on as we were on uh, <laughs> planing out across the ground. It was the good old days. Oh man, doing turns in the main landing area, dude. That I that I do miss. I yeah. do miss those turns. Yeah, right. I definitely miss. I I understand, and I'm a huge supporter of Spaceland separating the high performance landing area. 
And and I, I'm both a low performance and a high performance pilot. I fly more than one wing, and I don't support the rule of the high performance landing area because of the low performance pilot. I want to fly a normal pattern, fly a normal thing. And I don't want to deal with supers. That's not what gets me to want to have that separate landing area. What gets me to want to have that separate landing area is a high performance guy. I want a fast lane on the freeway. And, you know, the, the swoop pond, dude, that area is a fast lane on the freeway. It's our own playground. We can land directions we want. We can do what we want. So, so I get why Spaceland uh, really separated the high-performance landing area. I say I get and it. You and I were on the committee who made this rule. Yeah. So I, I mean, get and, it. And <laughs> I, mean, I understand the need for it. I mean, it, it kind of kind of sucks in a way that we do need those separations because we, we can't seem to figure out a way in the community, not just Spaceland, how to use utilize the those two groups of flying um, to be able to land in that same area. But saying that, I mean, I I very rarely land in the main landing area nowadays. You know, only if, if I have no desire to turn my tank canopy, that's the only time I ever land in the main landing area. And it's usually from doing, you know, like the STP jumps where I'm wearing a giant baggy suit. and Or you're trying to get to the radio that's only in the main landing area yeah. right now. So. Or even me and Nick are landing off in the woods because we're two and a half miles out, and Tommy doesn't want to pull higher. Yes, Tommy? Hey, that, that video came out really well in his defense. It did, though. <laughs> it did, though. This, this happened a few weeks ago. We were filming uh, okay. SCP videos for the yeah. SCP manual, and we were out. It, it must have been between we, two the, and the two, two and a half mile miles. The two-mile got called whenever we were getting yeah, ready Yeah, the two-mile two miles got called out when the person leaving before us was in the door. Nice. And I think... I think I don't remember what ground speed was like, but we were we were way out west. Ground out ground west. speed was at the, at the beginning. I remember the first load we got out at two and a half miles out, and we made it back without any issues. Like it was it but was like a fifty mile an hour ground speed. So the winds were super super high. Yeah, the winds had died down though substantially because this was much later in the day. Yeah, and so uh, we do the jump and everything everything's great, and the end of the jump it, like I'm just sitting there parked on. Uh, main side on Tommy to get the video of him because he's the student in these videos so we get the okay. video of him pulling and I know <laughs> that Jay and I are having the same thought of just oh man just pull a little high just pull a little high just pull a little high because we were out there <laughs> and I mean uh, the internal battle for me not to give Tommy the pull signal <laughs> and then Nick said the same thing he's like I didn't I just thought about it but I didn't know if I wanted to do it and I was like I didn't do it because I didn't want to ruin the video well Tommy's having the same battle in freefall going, I don't want to ruin the timing of the video because it's supposed yeah. to be a full 60 yeah, seconds Yeah, because we're long. showing a, a 14,000 foot skydive, so we want the, yeah. uh, the the view of the video to be realistic as to what they're going to so experience. all three right? of us are just going at this own internal battle <laughs> on what we should do. And so I, As Tommy's opening, I'm already backtracking away, and uh, I think I pulled just a hair before Jay pulled, so Jay's just a little bit lower than me. And uh, he's watching. Uh, who was it? Who, wa who were you watching fly back? Zach Boyd and, and Tim, Tim Kelly. Kelly was between the two of them. Yeah, so <sighs> Zach so Boyd. I'm I'm watching Jay watch Tim Kelly, and I'm like, all right, like I I could have I think I could have just barely made it over to the grass in between the trailers and the pond. So on the the power line side of the pond over by Stevens House, yeah. if you're way out west. Yeah. So not not the grass. In on the you know where we normally land by the pond, but the grass on the other side, RV of the pond, side. Which if you're at the at the drop zone, the far side of the pond, the grass over there. Okay. And so I'm staring at it, and I'm staring at it, and you know, right there, you're flying over the swamp, 
So it's either you're going to commit to swamp power lines or making it back. I actually looked at the spot that I landed off when uh, Tommy Student landed off. I was like, I could land there again. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, then I remembered how long of a hike it was to get her out. And I was like, yeah, no. And I started to veer off to go more towards the the uh, properties away from the pond. You're talking about Tommy Student who landed like off and then a thunderstorm came while we were trying to find her. Yeah. Yeah. That was exciting. Yeah. So I'm sitting there looking, and I know Nick's behind me, and I'm just thinking, like, God, Nick's going to make it back. I'm going to land off. I'm not going to make the power lines. You know, I'm going to end up hitting the power lines, or I'm going to have to land in the swamp. I'm, like, looking at all these different places, and I left my GoPro on the entire time. So if you watch my video, you keep seeing me, like, look at the spot, look at this. Like, you just keep seeing all these direct spots, and I keep looking up at Nick, like, God. Keep looking, keep looking. And finally, I make the decision to actually land off. And I think you uh, you saw Zach going over there, right? I No, I had just – I had seen the, those guys that they were already a little bit more over there already, uh-huh. you know, because uh, I don't know if they were moving in free fall or whatnot. But, I mean, we opened up directly over it, but they opened up more on uh, – on the other side of the road. So what's that? Um, five, uh, six, 14, 14, 16? 62, yeah. They, they actually opened on the other side south. of 1462. And I just remember watching them fly, and I'm like, man, if these big canopies aren't making it back, you know, and and I'm sitting here, and I'm, uh, I'm laid out, you know, on toggles, leaning forward, doing everything I can to possibly make it. And I keep looking back at you just knowing you were going to make it back. And now he's going to land off. And I was like, oh, See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to hear, hear all about how me and Nick <laughs> went and did a jump and he made it back and no, I didn't. <laughs> See, I, I just felt, I felt like I was telling myself, okay, if Jay decides this isn't a good idea, then I'm going to decide the same thing. Because I, I did have, you know, I probably had 150 feet of altitude on you, but uh, maybe not even that much. But uh, I guess it's always better. You used to have a homie land off. You ha- land off with your friends. Yeah, you know sure I had my phone right. with me and everything. <laughs> yeah, and it's just fun to it's fun to land off. And dude, we totally, you know, we totally swooped those we trees. We swooped the shit out of that backyard. <laughs> it was awesome. Dude, no, dude I hate the, the anxiety that I have when I think I'm going to land off. Oh, it's worse. Like, I hate it. But when I know, like when I've made the decision, yeah, I'm not making it back and I need to land off. It's, it's I'm so much calmer after I've just made the decision that that's going to happen. Oh, but let's say I'm in free, like <laughs> in if, free if fall thinking about it. <laughs> it's way more anxiety. Like fuck, we're gonna oh we're gonna land off. This sucks. This sucks. And it's like oh oh we're gonna land off. Okay, well I can land over there. Yeah, I mean it was. I still remember exactly what you're talking about because it was so stressful. Going, am I gonna make it? Am I not gonna make it? Am I gonna make it? Am I not gonna make it? I don't know. Um 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 um. Finally, once I made that decision, like to go over and land, pick that backyard, I was the most relaxed. Yeah, because you're that. done worrying about it. Yeah, you made it a decision, and now you're so going to stick with that decision. It was so easy. And I think that's that's something to be actually learned from, and and something that we should look at teaching students. Because, I mean, how long and how much stress was that when we were sitting there I flying mean, and, back? And how how much worse of a position could we put ourselves in if we just sat there and thought about it? Yeah. Instead of making that decision, because, I mean, I don't. I mean. I, I'm not sure what you were looking at, but I mean, I was sitting there looking at, we got swamp, and as we get farther, and we actually get closer to the drop zone from <laughs> the west, the worse the landing area gets, you know? Yeah, it's thick, there's, uh, you know, y- especially if you're going on that angle, you only have that one, you know, that one cleared space from the pipeline that you could land a, t- a parachute going real fast, that would be really scary, and then you've got those power lines, <laughs> so yeah. it's like... And that, that was the only thing, if the power lines weren't there... 
I would have probably considered making an attempt at that landing area. But the fact that the power lines are there, you know, I've had to dodge power lines before on my very first night jump ever. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I had a, like, I had like 65 jumps. <laughs> and there was like 20 mile an hour winds. And I was on an F-111. Oh, that sounds like the perfect conditions to do some night jumps. <laughs> Sorry, I used your phone to text Valerie to bring me a drink. Um, dude, you, you mentioned landing off. It's a good idea. It's a good thing to train. And we talk about it a little bit in the canopy course. But, you know, something I just recently started discussing with people I'm canopy coaching, with people I'm doing canopy courses with, is at some point, by intent, go land in the secondary landing area at Space Center. Some point by intent, go land on the south side of the runway because just that landing in a different place is enough to give you the comfort and confidence of transferring the pattern somewhere else. Do it the first time by intent. Then every so often, randomly decide, I'm under canopy. I can make it back. I know I can do my business. Decide, like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to land in an alternate landing area. And the confidence, the skill set, we, we shouldn't practice emergencies during emergencies. We should be ready for them because we're skilled at well practice. You remember, going back to when you said my first Valkyrie and I did that demo, you remember I landed in the ghetto on purpose. Yes. We actually, you, you totally framed it. We used the trees as the fence. Yep. Yeah, I, actually I still have video of that somewhere probably. And I, I, landed, I landed that canopy out there just for the pure practice of, you know, seeing what was going to happen once I dropped down, once I got in. And how the canopy was going to fly, yeah. So, and it's interesting, man. It, it's it's one of the things that I think has allowed you to excel as a canopy pilot. Is the most important time I own a parachute is when I land. When my feet touch the ground, that's the most important time I own a parachute. And the flight mode I'm in at that point is deep breaks. But yet, over eighty percent of our flying time is above our shoulders. Will you grab that from your mom, please? Right here on your wrist, too. Not totally. Um, I'm with you on that. So we don't explore deep break, deep break flight off enough. And all these people want to be high-performance super, high-performance campy pilots, and I get it. I mean, it's the stupidest thing I know how to do. Let's end a skydive safely by opening a parachute, then turn the parachute close to the ground, and pull it out of the dive at the last second. It's, it's stupid. Fun, but it's so much fun. Oh, you, my you God. You can back me up on that. It's a rush. <laughs> no, I still do it. It's a rush, man. And I do it from way lower than oh you yeah. guys with that specter. You know, and I, I've, I've really got away from, you know, the idea of using – you know, fronts and brakes and all that stuff. Um, and don't get me wrong, I used to be the, the first one to go on the brakes, you know, double fronts to initiate turns and everything. And, you know, as I started doing bigger turns and higher turns, I found that, you know, there's so much to be learned just from never, ever touching your front. I mean, yeah. just to fly the canopy and learn how much speed, I mean, the difference, and honestly, I can do a, a 990 on my 79 from about 1,700 feet. No, you can't. Yes, I can. You can't count that high. Yeah, that's true. But okay. But so as long as we're clear. The different, but the thing is, is like the difference between using the front only maybe two, 300 feet. I yeah. might start it from two grand. Yeah. And that's just to kind of get me so I'm at that right altitude. Yeah. But I mean... I mean, I've noticed, like, the smaller turns, when you're doing, like, 270 things, it definitely helps to really, if you're trying to create speed and create power yeah. to get it. But as you move higher, the the idea of using fronts is, I mean, if you're not really competing and going for that little bit extra that what you need in a competition, trying to win that, that millisecond, mm. I mean, fronts nowadays are, are kind of, 
obsolete, especially with the new harness that UPT just did. The mutant. The mutant. I mean, changing that that positioning from from up here down to your your hips. I mean, being able to keep the wing and never distort it by pulling on front, but make the canopy go into a dive and let it fly that way is. Man, it's going to change the way canopy piloting is and the way competition is going to happen. Vince, who is known as Jetman, he's the guy who flies the, the jet wings in Dubai. Vince is actually the guy who developed the mutant rig for for a long time, and in 2012 he brought it to UPT. I remember in 2013 sitting at a symposium with a bunch of riggers, and I say a bunch of riggers. I, I, I no offense to riggers, uh, not your everyday average rigger, but by manufacturers sitting there and talking with some of the designers and some of the owners of some of these major harness container systems and they're like man we could really do something like this and this was 2013 because uh vince 2012 brought it in and to see it come to fruition is amazing i, I hope other manufacturers come down with it man um i don't know if kelly farrington who owns infinity my, my preferred rig which i think the vectors a dope rig i love vectors uh i know kelly's talked about it he's talked about it with a buddy of ours named scott roberts scott owns mm-hmm. uh, uh fluid fluid, thank you fluid wings uh, and Scott, man, major shout out to Scott. He was one of my canopy coaches and didn't say much to me, but taught me more with wise words than he taught me with, with massive words. Ray Dutch, lots of words. Love yeah, you, Ray. Great canopies. Uh, I've, I've got to fly, uh, fly a few of them, and yeah. they're really, really good canopies. Um, saying I'm still PD guy. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still just, I don't know, just something about the way they, they fly. I mean, I'm not, I love the fact that uh, I like being able to turn higher. I think that's my biggest my biggest thing when I look at a canopy uh, when I'm going to fly is is the turn height. I don't like being able to turn low. I mean, it's like you say, ground rush with the specters <laughs> and stuff. And it's just, I don't like that feeling of, of being low. Like, I get it, man. It's Dude. just not, it's not my thing. And flying, you know, flying the Leia and flying the, the, uh, the Helix and stuff, it just, being in the corner more gave you more power. And yeah. But it requires a lot more precision. Mm-hmm. It's less forgiving. And I honestly get way more nervous winding up my Spectre than winding up my Valkyrie. Because in my Valkyrie, I mean, don't get me wrong. People will hear the statement, I have time to recognize where I'm wrong. I have time to pull out a dive. I have time to bail on the turn. I have time to do things. Don't get me wrong if, if people are hearing this. It, it's still not smart. You know, you don't go to these long recovery arcs because you're safer. You have the ability to go to the long recovery arcs. And then it's safer. It's not just safer well, by itself. I mean, the recovery arc is. I mean, I'll be honest. When I fly, when I like, on the uh, on the sixty seven, you know, the re- the recovery arc on a bigger turn is shorter than. I mean, even on seven nine, the, yeah. the recovery arc's way faster on a bigger turn than it is on the uh, smaller turns. Like a two seventy, I plane out way higher. And get the same effect on a ninety. I do a turn from way higher and get the same effect. Yeah. Versus, if I'm doing a huge turn, I roll out probably a good hundred feet lower. I don't think people put it together. You're building more speed. Speed equals lift. And when you have that more speed, you've got that lift coming out. And as that lift comes out, it wants to pull you out of that dive faster. And it's it's interesting because very few people get to understand that bigger turn better. Um, it, it's it's just neat, man. I, I love winding a canopy up. Yeah, I mean just. I mean, I'm pretty sure we got three guys who love to fly, but we all just, I mean, love, love, love canopy. So know? we've all progressed. We've all downsized. I've, I've been flying a Valkyrie 84 at about 2.7. I bought it at a 2.4 wing loading. I ordered it at a 2.4 wing loading. It showed up at a 2.7, almost 2.8, because well, somebody got fat. Mom's a good cook. 
Dude, mom is, man. Have you beaten Valerie's food? Oh, yeah. Mama nailed it. Dude, mom can cook. Skinny white girl can cook, <laughs> yo. Um, so I'm on a Valkyrie 84, and I absolutely love that wing. And Nick, right now, what are you flying? Uh, 71 Valkyrie. Valkyrie 71. Yep. And you were a Zaus fan, man. Zaus for life. Yeah, I mean, the, the Chaos opens uh, really nice. It's really soft. Uh, they're a very inexpensive wing, and I soft. only do work jumps. And so it just made sense, but uh, I was in the market for a new parachute, and I tried to reach out to Precision for another Chaos because it's it's two thousand, it's just barely over two thousand bucks for a brand new wing. Oh, nice! So it's super affordable, and if I'm gonna go, you know, if I'm putting a thousand jumps a year on my own gear, then it just seemed reasonable. But the customer service had just gotten so bad. I had called them half a dozen times in uh, a couple of weeks, just trying to get a parachute. And uh, they were making it really tough on me to give them my business. So I sent an email to PD, and their customer service was amazing. Absolutely. And they had answers to all of my questions, and uh, they just made it super easy. And then when they came out with their uh, – they, they released that video talking about how they were giving out all the free line sets to the, all the Valkyrie owners. Mm -hmm. That was kind of the nail in the coffin for me of like, yeah, that's, that's the kind of company I really want to give my money to. Like yeah. That's the kind of support that I want when I have an issue. And so, uh, yeah, that was that was the last try. I think I called him. Right, I I had had a conversation with him on the phone. The next day, I went and uh, talked to Vulcan. He ordered it up, and uh, mine's just a st it's stock colors. They had it out. Er, it would have been out in a few days, but they have said, "Hey, we're gonna put one of these brand new line sets on it for you before we ship it out." What up, Mr. Bernard? Um, dude, and and I've watched you fly, and I think you immediately fell in love with the wing. I think I went through. Uh, it was kind of. The first few jumps, I really, really liked it. Uh -huh. And then there were maybe 30 or 40 jumps that I just wasn't figuring it out as fast as I wanted to. And that, you know, it's uh, it definitely has a – the 71 has some similarities to the 68 Chaos that I was on. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's got a lot more left in the toggles. And uh, I guess even even on the rears, the, the rears on my 68, the 68 had a lot of jumps on it. It had some little uh, small holes in the tail, so it was getting less and less responsive on the rears. So I uh, I just – the balancing out those differences didn't happen as quickly as I wanted it to. So I guess I – you know, like when you're in a fight with a girlfriend? <laughs> it was no, like a, I've it was never like fought with my wife. <laughs> but so so <laughs> me – I mean, we were in an, in an active fight, me and the Valkyrie, but I just wasn't <laughs> I just wasn't figuring it out like I had hoped to. It just took a little longer, but no, no, now, now I really like it. I don't uh, turn it as much as I would like to because uh, I'm almost always doing work jumps and yeah. running up front. But uh, no, it's, it's great. The openings are great. I haven't been slammed by it, not even close. Uh, and it's an awesome so color. I it mean looks I nice. I'm yeah, it's a stock, I was stock when you When you said it was stock, I mean, I was blown away. I mean, it's a, it's a it's really – if you dude. haven't seen Nick's canopy, it's – it's pretty dope. It's sick, dude. It's, it's all white with blue cross braces and blue and yeah, tips. Yeah. 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 So I got to stop for one second, guys. Uh, my sister, Debbie Marvin Fincher, just joined us, man. If anybody I'm going to take a break for, it is my sister. And it's not for my sister. Um, Debbie, I'm going to share a little bit of your story. My sister fought to have a kid. When I say fought to have a kid, she struggled. And it just wasn't in life's plan for my sister to have a child. And she fought and she struggled. And actually, Jay, you got to hear a lot of these stories because mm -hmm. as a close friend of mine, I shared it. And there were very few people I got to share it with. And uh, this last November, my sister, after several attempts of having a kid, had her, her, her baby, her, her, her little daughter. And let's see, I'm 43. I was 42. She so lie. Debbie was 41. Debbie was 41 when she had the baby, and she had her first kid. And my niece, Sophia, Sophia Emmy, is the most gorgeous thing in the world. 
Debbie, I warned you, this show is not rated PG. But <laughs> absolutely, much love to my niece, guys. Uh, Debbie, much love to you. I'm super excited uh, to see her on here. So, Well, just to add to that, my sister called me out for not giving her a shout-out via text message. Boom. So, Debbie. <laughs> all right. It's all about the Debbies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the uh, Laguna crowd, you know, you guys, I'll be back in town um, in a couple weeks. So, hide your kids, hide your wife. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I'll see you guys then, come up there and hang out with you guys a little bit. Maybe bar back. So... Dude, I do have to take one second here. Aubrey Hicks just joined us. Aubrey, Gravity Lab Podcast was the winning name. Uh, but your attempt was super awesome. Your attempt was super wonderful. So, Aubrey, hit me up at the DZ. I owe you a rating center T-shirt. I will get you a rating center T-shirt. Girl cut, guy cut, your choice of size, your choice of color. I only have two colors. But uh, hit me up the safety day. I'll get you a shirt. Thank you. Uh, Beyond the Sky turned into Beyond Gravity. Beyond Gravity turned into Gravity Lab Podcast. So I, I just saw Aubrey join. Um, so that brings me – so you fly a 71. I fly an 84. I feel like a grandpa. In what sense? I mean that you're I'm really I'm flying old? an 84, dude. I fly <laughs> a boat. And it's funny because – Actually, don't say you fly it because – you randomly jump it. You fly. I do. I randomly jump you the shit out of it, man. I do. I fly a one twenty. That's that's a fair <laughs> statement. <laughs> you were doing a jump the other day, and you chose that over a Valkyrie. Uh, I was the, la- the all my last jumps have been AFF course. No, it was a uh, it was a while back. Okay, it was a while back. Yeah. So here's the good news: my Spectre rig's completely disassembled. Oh. So right now I only have one choice, and for a while I actually didn't jump the Valkyrie because I pulled the Cypress out of it. Okay, I remember that. I remember that now. Yeah, I remember I you had asked me for a Cypress. That's right. Yeah. I remember. And but I mine was back at, uh, at SSK. Yeah, and I don't like jumping without Cypress. No. So I just recently got a Speed Cypress, man. I called SSK. I asked them a little bit about the Speed Cypress. Uh, I asked some questions about what I'm flying, and I found the Speed Cypress was the best answer, so I ordered one right away. And, uh, man, I really mad props to the folks at SSK. Uh, they actually got the, the, the AAD out right away, got it delivered right away. And uh, I don't know if you know this, SSK, I know you know this, is a service center, distribution center for Cypress, for America. Do you know what SSK just announced that they also do? I'm sorry. Uh, LMB customer service. They are the service center for Larson and Bruce Cars, two of the best customer service-based companies in the freaking world. Wow. Dude, if I have my Viso go bad, I got to mail it to LMB. 20 or 30 bucks minimum to mail things to Denmark. It might cost me up to $50. Now I can send my LMB altimeter to SSK in Ohio. Dude, that's so much cheaper. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So back to I'm the grandpa who flies a 120. Thanks. Oh, was I did not say it. I didn't. You said you said you felt like a grandpa. Yeah, you you said grandpa. You talked about You all also that. said that you're 42 <laughs> years old. I'm 43. See, you're getting older by the minute. See, he was trying huh? to give you props. Huh? You know, I I felt huh? old uh, learning that Jay is younger than me. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> How old are you, Mr. P? 31. 31. Yeah. And, and yes, Mr. Bernard, Gravity Lab Podcast, thank you for your input on that. What up, Brian? <laughs> Brian? Oh, he's uh, Jeff Bernard. This is who the idiot is talking to. Oh, he, th- he thought you meant Brian Bernard. Yeah. Oh, Bernard. Roger that. Roger. Uh, so, 84 what on up, occasion. Jeff too? <laughs> on occasion, <laughs> 71, and you're flying what? Uh, I have a 67 and a, one, uh, and a uh, 79. So the, the biggest guy in the room flies the smallest canopy. Small and fast, just like women like you. It never let me down. <laughs> 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 so what's next with your canopy progression? Is there anything that you can talk about there? Anything, any goals or desires? Um, 
just had a conversation with uh, PB about yeah. a Peregrine. Mm. So, talked about uh, possibly going to a 64. But I think um, just for sure, <coughs> just for wing loading wise, I think it would be better to be able to be on a 67 and be able to add weight and take weight away for what? SRW as needed versus going straight to a uh, 64 and having the basically set wing loading all the time and not being able to take anything away. So I think by going to that 67, I can slowly add weight, slowly take weight away, and uh, be able to manage way more efficient uh, with that uh, ability. What's your wing loading on those two different wings? On 67 and... Yeah, on the 70 so I think it's, a, it's, a, it's like a 332 on the 67, and it's uh, like a 282 on... Uh, the 79, but I used the 67 on the world record and was easily able to, I mean, I was on second wave, uh, break off, you know, pulling at somewhere around the neighborhood at like four or five, four, and was easily able to hang out with my crew, stay in my group and fly all the way and not be one of the ones that's oversinking. I was up there with basically, if you wanted your tunnel instructors, all the 150s and 160s and 170s. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was up there in that area. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it was a I – mean, I, I love that canopy. Um, I love it on the platform. I've, I've used it. You know, we did uh, we did some demo work with it on that same canopy. You know, we burned it, but we still did it. <laughs> <laughs> so what's – there was a word that, that you used, not platform. What did, what did you Plain call it? Planform. Plan, yeah, plan, P-L-A-N-F-O-R-M-E. So, uh, Look at the canopy from the top, and that's its plan form or shape. It's yeah. the shape is the plan form. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then I uh, yeah. I had heard the word platform as well. Yeah. Dude, I l- I use the word platform for years, and um, something you've been working on for for many years is building a relationship with performance designs, mm-hmm. and I actually believe this is the beginning of that relationship now, and I've been very blessed to, to have a business relationship with those folks for a while. I'll tell you right now, if you ever use platform in front of Mr. LeBlanc, in front of John LeBlanc, <laughs> smack to the back of the head. <laughs> um, all my buddies who work at PD, yeah. a lot of my friends there, a uh, shout out to uh, some of them who used to work there, Maddie, and, and others who still do. Uh, yeah, you yeah, very it was, quickly it understand It was that. really cool. Uh, I, got the, I got the opportunity during uh, Fly for Life the last night. You know, Mr. LeBlanc was out there and, you know, just talking and just to sit and spend, you know, 15 minutes listening and to him talk about canopies and the passion and you know the desires and what he has in store for that yeah. company and there's there's a reason why pd is is who pd is dude he he's an impressive dude i've, I've never met john leblanc till this last pia and john leblanc has no reason to know who the hell i am and let's be real man john leblanc is one of the founders and the vice president and one of the lead designers of performance designs one of the largest canopy manufacturers DJ Marvin is an idiot who lives in Texas. There's our qualifications. And I walk in PIA, and I've never met John, despite a tenured relationship with the company. And I and I walk up, and I want to introduce myself to John. So I walk up to introduce myself. DJ, it's nice to finally meet you. One of the most humble, welcoming spirits, man. You know, it, it's so cool to meet meet him that way. And even then, we're, we're leaving Daytona. No, we're in Chattanooga this year. We're leaving Chattanooga. And I walk into the airport to fly from Chattanooga home. And in my boarding area is John, and John's sitting there alone, and I sit down, and, hey, John, how you doing? And, I mean, just back, he greets me and treats me like, yeah, and you, you spend He's time with him. Such, such, such a cool guy. Yeah. Such a cool guy. I mean, the dude's done more and understands more about canopies than you and I and, and Nick combined, and we're not slouches. 
No, and listening to him talk about wings, it's he loves it. The the passion and what he has is the desire of what he has is amazing. Like the concept and the thing he wants to do with wings and tries to come up with a new platform and a new plan for him. Right? Plan for him. The new plan for him. <laughs> You're gonna get your brownie points with John. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just I am so excited. You know, they have the new the comp Valkyrie that's getting ready to come out here shortly. You know, but just on top of that, the hybrid one, the, right? The hybrid, yeah. yeah. And then they uh, they have the Horizon that just came out that you can, you know, I think um, I think it was John who was talking about it. Where he's got a canopy that it's a 103 Valkyrie, a Saber 150, and he can put Horizon like 190 all in the same exact container. You yeah. Know, just to show the, you know, how much that canopy packs down. You know, really excited to see what. what that's going to come out. From what do you TV. know about the Horizon? Uh, Mr. P, I'll start with you. What do you know about I it? I know nothing about it. The, uh, I was going to ask, this is the hybrid? No, um, no, no, no. no, go ahead. No, oh. this is the wingsuit canopy. Yeah. This, this oh is a yeah, strictly wingsuit canopy designed to uh, open in the big burbles of the bigger wingsuits. You know, um, I'm not sure on the all the really, really specific. So, but so when we're flying wingsuits, and I haven't flown a wingsuit in a long time, I actually have my Infinity at BSC right now getting dynamic corners installed because I really want to get into XRW, and I'll never stay current enough to fly the wing loadings y'all need. So I'm actually going into the wingsuit side of it. That's how I'm going to end XRW. And the 120 on a big wingsuit, my line set on a 120 is short enough that the canopy's burble, and it creates major opening issues. So these manufacturers understand that we need bigger canopies, more particularly longer line sets in, in, our, in our containers or in our mains. So they use the FAF, which is, which is an in-house name for the low-bulk F-111 material they use on the bottom skin of the Pulse, same material they use on the Optimum. The canopy is dominantly built out of this FAF or this material. The leading edge is ZP. The center self is ZP. So you have this super low-bulk canopy, and they say it packs up. I think their adver advertisement says it packs up almost two times or two sizes smaller. Uh, speaking to them in person, they're just saying straight up it packs up two sizes smaller. So I'm going to be able to take my 120, and here my goal is is to have my 120 Spectre, and I use it for AFF courses, and then put a 150 uh, Horizon in it. I'm going to order a Horizon from PD. I'm going to order new risers from Infinity, a new D-bag, a new pilot sheet. So, you know, have you ever seen those canopies? You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, canopy I bag. canopy bag. Those canopy bags are dope. Just keep my wingsuit canopy in that bag. Hey, DJ, let's go wingsuit. Hook it up. Hey, DJ, let's go do this. Hook that up. And, and back to what Jay was saying, I can actually – now, I have two rigs, but I can fit my Valkyrie 84, my Spectre 120, and a Horizon 150 all in the same container. That's variety, and, and that's their new wing, dude. What, what John's trying to do to push the future – they came out with a five-cell cross brace. I think Tango's the name, and it's made for cruise. And, and I'm not even going to talk about that one because it's going to be a, a lot harder to, yeah. uh, to, to, to remember the facts on that. So back to it, dude. You're getting a Peregrine. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, I'm, I had to talk with Albert, and so we're just going to figure out the exact size, and I think we got the size down, and going to look at getting a 67. Albert, I told you on that phone call, he's dangerous. You don't want to give him that wing. <laughs> Send it to me. Send it to me. I'll share it with you next. Yeah, but he needs an 84. He's a grandpa. He's probably going to need a 90. 
do they make it into 135? <laughs> <laughs> but dude, one of my goals, and it's it's weird because you bring up the name John LeBlanc or, or when one of us did. It's really neat because I have a lot of goals with this podcast. I have a lot of goals with what's going on here. And one of my goals and one of my dreams, and hopefully we can eventually get this to happen, and I think it might, is could you imagine me taking uh, my equipment, and I, I have transportal equipment, and going to the land and sitting at Performance Designs and doing one of these with John LeBlanc? Oh, man. man. Do, be, just you could do a small little tour, I mean, with the guys that are in the land. Dude, you know, you could. Fuck yeah. You could just I'm sit in. there. You could go try to get with, you know, you could get with Bill, Bill Booth. You could yeah. get with John. You could even get with. You know, the Fly for Life guy. There's so many people down in that. Just Scott Roberts is down there. You could get with so many people and just just have so many conversations. Nick, we got to do a road trip next winter. (laughs) Would you be in? Yeah, you could probably talk me into that. Dude, we got a road trip. You've got the perfect whip for a road trip. That is true. That, That man van. Dude, that man van. Hey, God, it's a good looking van. We'll, we'll, We'll post you up outside with your equipment to make you even look more rapey. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't think it looks rapey. I mean, it is. That's <laughs> why I want to use it for. But I think it looks very nice. It's a handsome van. <laughs> it's I a handsome van. <laughs> it is, dude. I walk up to it sometimes when it's just parked somewhere. I just talk to it like it can hear me. Like, God, you're a good-looking van. It's nothing <laughs> cracks me up more. We, we took a trip. We went to go do the demos for um, Baylor. Yeah, and I how mean, how cool was the van then? I laughed so hard because he just – that was – it was like him talking about he just got like a newborn puppy. See, Jay you know? was one of the first people I talked to about my fantasy of the van before I bought it. <laughs> I remember we were in iFly. We were sitting on the flight deck. It's like six in the morning before before we were flying one morning, and I saw some stupid. You saw de- some ad for it? And no, no, I saw like a delivery van for like oh, one of those right. restaurants that are over there. <laughs> and I was like, dude, my dream car, <laughs> white work van. That's all I want. You're That's not gonna ever I paint it. No, no I don't think so. I, I thought about painting it, but I read an article about <laughs> some people that that have these th- like a fancy souped up version of these vans. See, if you if you paint it, you make it look really flamboyant. You kind of target yourself for break-ins. So by making it just look like a normal, boring white work van, no one thinks anything. Uh, okay. Uh, that you know, nothing of, of higher value is going to be inside that van. I am going to pimp out the back, but it has not happened. A good friend of mine, uh, friend of mine lives in a converted school bus, so they turned a school bus into a, a tiny home. You're describing half the skydivers I know. No, this is this one's nice. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is legit. <laughs> this one's very nice. <laughs> Bunch uh, he, of long-winded mofo's. He's he's a. Uh, Hey, Heath. God, I love <laughs> Heath. I saw Heath this last week. He's so handsome. Dude, Heath is a handsome man. God, he's hey beautiful. Heath. Look what I got. Heath. Heath, bro. Heath. Heath. Um, so you were talking about your rate yeah, van. Yeah, my, my, my midget no, rate van. <laughs> no, I was talking about my my buddy's uh, bus, his converted okay. bus. Yep. And he told me that he was going to come down here to Texas at some point this winter and that uh, I was going to trick him somehow into helping me pimp out the back of the van yeah, yeah. because he did such a great job on their uh, on their bus but he hasn't come down so i think i'm just gonna have to uh do it terribly myself well see i remember that conversation now because it was the talk whenever the lottery was like 900 something million <laughs> and we were talking about dream cars and we're like talking about these crazy ferraris you know outrageous and nick just like man I'll get me a panel van. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like, wait, what? Dude, <laughs> I love I would, that van. It's the I best, would, it's I the would best get vehicle me a panel I've ever van. I would put 
computer screens in the back. I would have my whole little setup. We're just like looking at Mick. Okay, but hold on. Let's like in a normal world, my car versus DJ's car. DJ's car is way more badass. But here we are talking about the van because that's how cool it is. DJ has a car? No, I've never heard about it. No, I've never heard about DJ's Mustang. No, I only have one car. Um, dude, if we go on that road trip, we're taking Valerie's car. No, dude, you're I'm taking, taking the, the van. van, and I'm sleeping <laughs> it gets, in that. It gets, it gets better fuel <laughs> mileage. <laughs> <laughs> Who, Valerie's van or his car? His van. Dude, your van, what's it got, like a two-liter engine in it? Uh, Yeah. I and mean, that's probably over it, horsepower. It doesn't carry very much weight. Yeah, oh. one, one tiny man and some... <laughs> a backpack. I guess that is well, a full size van for you. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. It He's got, he put a twin in the back and sleeps on it, no problem. Dude, I think the van looks like me because it, it's like <laughs> a stocky little utilitarian <laughs> thing. You know, it's perfect. You look useless. So you tell utilitarian is not the right word for <laughs> no, you. It's very nice of you. It's very, very yeah. Dude, for real, um, I'll talk about this with you more later. The idea of ma- hopefully this winter would be really awesome. Going to the land and interviewing two or three people, doing an, a quick road trip. We can take uh, a lot of the equipment and set it up very easily. I have some portable mic stands sitting somewhere around here, so we'd, we'd have a little bit easier setup. But I think we'd have a good time doing that, man. Especially if you could get them to let you set it up like in the factory. Oh, dude. I think that'd be so dope. How dope would it be if John LeBlanc, if, if uh, Jills. Jills is the head of R&D and head of uh, r- research for performance design. To be able to sit down with these guys. Now, obviously, they're not going to tell us all their secrets. But the insight we would get from these fellows and the stories they could tell. It might be awesome just doing like a uh, a group setting, like like having three or four people from the entire company. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's one of the goals here. You know that. One of the goals is actually Valerie and I are furniture shopping. We're redoing this. We're putting a backdrop back here. Um, I have a lot of other plans. I'll tell you about it later. Uh, That bed is going away. I think that's why Ben didn't show up. He was creeped out by the bed last time. (laughs) That bed's going away, and we'll have more space here. Hey, I've slept on that thing plenty of times. Have you slept on that? Yeah. In the guest room. It no, was it was in here. No, actually, I think I slept on it at your old house. That's what I'm saying, the old house, the old yeah. guest room. Um, yeah, it was, it was the old guest room. Um, when we have that done, then the ability to have three or four people in here will be a little bit easier because I actually plan on putting a couch on that wall and grabbing a couple more mics. So we actually have the plan of doing the, the uh, panel style here. Imagine Ben Nelson. Well, Ben would have to show up. Yeah. Yeah. Still can't believe he didn't show up. We're still going to keep talking shit about you, Ben. Yeah, Ben. You man, so he keeps standing the mic up like it's a got a boner. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's just what he's used to. See, you know what's funny about this? You're just talking about Jay putting boners in his face, and I've he- noticed all of us go out of the way to like not swear. <laughs> you know, have you noticed this <laughs> happening? It's like I'm not gonna swear, but I'm gonna talk about Pornhub porn <laughs> virtual reality goggles and Jay shoving boners in his face. But but swearing we're not, is we're not, not appropriate. Say shit. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, dude, what I want you guys to do for one second is I want you guys to keep talking. And so uh, I got to piss. <laughs> oh, man, now it's going to get super awkward. I know. Let's just, let's just see how quiet. DJ, make sure you wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's 67 Valkyrie. Is that the your favorite wing that you've flown so far? Uh, it's It's... The thing I like about it, it's it's because I'm loaded, you know, that high. It's it's almost like a uh, extension of your body. You know, it just whatever you look at, you know, you turn, you want it to go, and it's. I mean, I've flown with people flying 150s. Um, I think uh, Dave Southern was flying a, a his 150, and I was out there able to fly through it in the break. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
the sync rate on it's crazy. You know, it's it's so weird just how much it just falls out. That's one thing I really did have to uh, that I noticed and had to change uh, going from the Chaos. I had a pretty flat uh, glide path going to the Valkyrie. Is I had to set up my pattern totally different. Oh, dude. That uh, oh, I mean and the I biggest thing there's no travel. You know what I mean? It's just that when you go down, it, it just goes down. There's no like, um, even with like I remember doing harness turns on a on a velo and even on a comp velo. There's still a little bit of travel, right? As you do a harness turn, but with that Valkyrie, I just feel like the you just do it vertical and you're just going straight down. So that was awfully fast, DJ. Yeah, I don't think he washed his I hands. He totally didn't wash his hands. He didn't wash those dick beaters, did you? <laughs> so, at what uh, do you notice that same thing on your seventy eighty nine? Not as bad. I mean, I I, I do notice it one hundred percent. I mean, I notice it, but um, the biggest thing I notice is I feel like the recovery arc is is way way more steep than. On the uh, 79. I feel like the recovery arc in the 79 is more of the actual true arc where it's almost like it just drops and then it goes. So that sink rate just a little bit higher. I don't know if you guys can hear it. My cat, Ralph, who is one of the biggest D-holes in the world, is meowing at the door now. He's, he's being a jerk. So you guys talking about canopies and diving? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm catching up. Continue. Yeah. I just want to point out that Heath said uh, we need to get a cutaway shot of me every once in a while. I think that's a really good idea. Uh, yo, guys, so we, we are working on that. I am looking at production value as far as video. Um, Facebook Live is really, I, th- I think you n- might know, is just kind of my awareness tool. I really am not as worried about making Facebook Live the primary vehicle. Podcasting is really what I'm going for here. Uh, but Stephen Boyd has talked to myself. Uh, a few other folks have talked to me about different camera options. And we're actually looking at eventually putting a multi-cam production together so we can have that main angle going on right there and then have one or two shots where we can s- grab in tight to each person. So, you know, while you're talking, I can do this. And I can jack around or do but whatever I want. you do that already. That's true. And also, uh, Mr. P, we, we need shots. And his you name is Mr. P. You just need to see how, how nice my shoulders look in this tank top. That's what's really going to waste. Dude, that wife beater has got this it This is not on. a wife beater. Any I'm tank wearing top. a very it tasteful tank top. Beater. it's a microphone (laughs) Um, so one of the things I saw recently hey Susan Hickman just joined man guys go to Susan Hickman's Facebook page I will promote the hell out of this for the rest of my life don't tell her the secret that we got planned dude we have an awesome secret Uh, go to Susan Hickman's Facebook page look for Susan Hickman the musical artist and you will hear one of the most beautiful angels and most beautiful voices in the world Susan Hickman H-I-C-K-M-A-N I will pimp the hell out of Susan Thanks to her and Justin for helping getting this full audio setup going on. One of the things that uh, TB, you know TB, Tyler Barton, Mm -hmm. who works up at Spaceland Dallas, had mentioned when we were talking about landing off on purpose, is also practice landing on your rears. And back to, man, we shouldn't be practicing emergencies and emergencies. We practice malfunction junction is what we call it at Spaceland. We practice pulling handles on a daily basis. We practice EPs regularly. So when you have an emergency, you're comfortable. But we get licensed and we stop practicing those things. And so one of the things I love so much is, I mean, Nick is probably one of the biggest guys I see who literally doesn't matter what wind condition it is. He's trying to land on nothing but rears. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's a challenge. And, like, I, I really do love freestyle stuff. I think it's super cool. Like, doing blind man's, doing lazy boys. Uh, it's super fun. It's In uh, your van. 
Hey, you know what? Why do you bring up the van like it's a bad thing? Lazy Brian boys Jones in your van. Is Brian Jones, my boy, knows what's up with the van life. That's because he's a knitter. A what? A knitter. He likes to knit. Yeah, I used to knit hats. I loved it. <laughs> we have a lot in common, me and Ryan. What were we talking about? Freestyle. Add it on your ears. It's a ton of fun. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, Dude, don't, don't just land on your rears, though, just for the people who want to give it a try. Definitely take Show Nick. Tommy, Tommy Vienendahl. Who's, who's that? Tommy that's, Vienendahl? That's my brother. You have a brother? Yeah. Oh, oh my Older god. Older or younger brother? Older. Oh, good. So I've known about your sister. I got two sisters. Yeah, but Debbie's the one I've always known about. Joni, no. Joni's my mom. God damn it! I get your whole family. My mixed real up. mom. Your real mom. <laughs> not your real not mom. one of my several, you know, moms. Lily was the real uh, family member I knew about. Lily. Yeah. Yeah, that's my fifteen-year-old lab. Is she still around? No. Okay, I'm going to say, man, I thought she'd been gone by now. It's been a while. Yeah. She she got stomach cancer, and uh, that was right whenever iFly opened. Okay. And uh, I got stuck working. But that was also the same time that, you know, two grandfathers passed away, and I still got stuck working at iFly. So. You still work at iFly, right? No. Oh, you coach there. I coach at iFly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would Uh, you ever, this is totally unrelated, would you ever work for, for iFly again if they offered you a job? Can I plead the fifth? <laughs> yeah, you can. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a very dynamic question. It's uh, I just know. I mean, you know, uh, it, being it really in is. with with everything that's going on and how the, I mean, you know, I'm I stay in touch with a lot of the instructors and I I know what's going on and I still um on the list for doing contract work for them. Um, you know, like they asked me to do camps in certain places and some things like that. But for the most part, with everything that's going on. As of right now, if they they gave me a position going back just to be like an instructor, try to do what they normally do, no, you know it'd be it'd be a very difficult sell to get me to go back, uh, especially with what I have at Spaceland and you know what I've built over the time at Spaceland, you know the to give up that and give up that basically that loyalty that I have to Spaceland would mm-hmm. be extremely difficult. Like they would have to come out with something huge. Yeah. I appreciate space and I appreciate Steven and Steve senior and Jason Hyder. But for me, and this is my perspective. I don't know if this is true or not. I don't think giving up space land would be nearly as hard as giving up what you've built. I remember you would go like, Hey, I'm going to go hang out at this boogie and try to like be a on the side organizer. And, and you didn't say it those ways, but that's what you were saying. You're like, I'm just going to go and hang out and they'll, u- they'll use me if they can. And you hustled. You worked your butt off. You know, some of us as friends will joke and tease you and make fun of you for, for all those things you do, but you earned every freaking moment that you've gotten, man. You you do work hard, and you do promote yourself well in, in a good fashion. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to do, man. It sucks sometimes. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and I have had a lot of conversations about how to promote yourself. Um, it, it's you, you know me. I don't actually ever promote DJ Marvin. I promote the Rating Center. Right. Even with this, you know, a lot of people suggested DJ Marvin show of some type, and Gravity Lab podcast was the name because there's no promotion of myself. You know, even if it comes down to there's a week that Nick wants to run a show without me, I'm, I'm just I'm open to these ideas. This is primarily my baby, but I, I share my f- my family, and promoting my company's been hard. It's hard promoting your own name, which is what you do, and in your world, it's what you have to do. Yeah, and that's that's really the, the hardest part about. You know, at, at currently what where I'm at, you know, because I'm not, I mean, I'm, I technically work for Spaceland, um, 
you know, but I'm basically everything I do now is contracts. So whether it's iFly, Space Line, everything is is all contracts. So the only way, I mean, I can go back to a job. I could go back to just working as an instructor and you know doing AFS. But everything else, I, if I don't want to go back to that, and I want to keep having the amount of fun that I'm having and living what I'm actually doing, the only way to do that is to basically self promote, and it's it's brutal sometimes. You've done a good job of it, man. You've done a good job as far as you've now actually worked with some several big names, including the Vector Camps, and you you paid your dues. You worked hard to get there, and not only have you done well with that, but I remember introducing you to a guy recently named Adam Fisher, known as Adam Mota on uh, um, Facebook. He's that new mentor we have at Spaceland. Okay. I'm like, yeah, this is Jay Vienendahl. Yeah. The J. Vienendahl. <laughs> he calls him yeah. the the J. Yeah. Vienendahl. And that blew my mind that anybody would call you the anything except for the idiot who hangs out with DJ the other idiots. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> weird. I mean, it's, it's, that, that happens from time to time, and it's just always it's awkward, you know. Yeah. I always kind of thought when somebody said, man, it was a humbling experience, you know, I, I – dealt with John LeBlanc and it was a humbling experience or Adam Moda or a Adam Fisher said, man, you're DJ Vienendahl. That's a humbling experience. DJ Vienendahl. DJ Vienendahl. <laughs> you heard that? <laughs> <laughs> you're DJ Vienendahl. <laughs> Jay Vienendahl, my bad. Sorry about that pop in your ears. Um, it's. I thought people say it's a humbling experience to be modest. They were just kind of putting on a show. They were just saying that. And now I deal with that regularly, and I've watched you deal with it. It's a humbling experience. It puts you in check. You're like, man, people actually think I can do something. People actually think I'm responsible or I'm capable. And, and I mean, how has that changed? You've become known, for better or for worse. <laughs> You've become known. Yeah, how has that changed your insight on life? Man, it makes you, makes you kind of question everything you do. You oh, know? yeah. It makes you um, question what you put online, what you post, what you don't post. Well, what you comment on, what you don't comment on. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of times you see things posted online that, you know, you could easily, you could post about it. At the same time, you, you have to look and be like, am I going to come off as a dick? Am I going to come off as, you know, uh, being Mr. Smarty, things like that. Making bad examples. Yeah. Or am I am I not knowledgeable? And the one thing that it makes you do is it makes you do a lot of research about whatever you're ever going to talk about. You know, yeah. if you're ever going to bring something up, you make sure you become basically, in UPT terms, a subject matter, uh, matter expert. Yeah, you, you, you really make sure you pay attention to what you're doing before you go and comment. Because the last thing is you want to look like an idiot online, which is basically what I do right now. Daily. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for the record, you and, and I'm the same way. You see how I have very guarded online public presence. You even see you, you're one of those few people. Mr. P is one of those people who hang out with me outside the drop zone. And, and people at the drop zone think they get to know me. And, and I definitely let myself be known some. But you see a very different version of me in, in private because there's no guarding. Believe it or not, at the drop zone, that's the censored version of DJ Marvin. You've seen the uncensored version. And at some point, you actually stop caring so much that you air it on Facebook Live. You put it on a podcast. You tell people about the stupid human stunts you've done. About uh, We talked about ghetto jumps. I don't know if you remember that story. I think I caught you off guard telling you about my ghetto jumps. Ghetto jumps? You're going to have to elaborate on that. Uh, that was on your show. That was on your episode, episode one. 
Win, win. Yeah, I know. I heard you say this term "ghetto jump," so I don't remember yeah. what it was. That's when we actually make a skydive at the five-minute call. My buddy Andrew Stake would yell a name like oh. Nick Ghetto Jump, and you show up with your goggles, your rig, and no helmet, no alternator, nothing, nothing else. And we jumped at Elsinore. The Ortegas are like at three grand, so you just pull at the top of the mountain, no plan, nothing. So at some point, you start talking about Pornhub and VR goggles online. At some point, you start saying, screw it, man. I, t- I take myself a little bit too seriously and have fun. And I, and I don't think <laughs> you've ever taken yourself too seriously. Sounds like uh, Val let the dogs out. Val let the dogs out. Who, Who let the, the dogs out? <laughs> <laughs> I don't and or 12-year-olds. <laughs> I don't know if I'm embarrassed or afraid to uh, have friends. Enjoying every scene, every part of it. So my sister, who I warned is a very PG, uh, or not PG show, uh, I think you know this. I, I actually used to be a uh, very devout Christian. I went to Bible college. I was studying to be a pastoral theology major. I even actually worked part-time, or actually full-time, for a few months as an assistant pastor in a church in Aubrey, California. And so I have this very, very devout Christian family. And for those who know me today, they were really blown away to know that. And I, I still actually consider myself a Christian man, but... Organized religion is a whole other story for me, you know. Spirituality is another story. No, and I my get that. S- yes, yeah. And my sister, I think you have a similar background as <laughs> far as religion goes. And my very devout Christian sister, who I've warned this is not PG, is enjoying every part of it. So, Debbie, I love you. Um, what time is it? Isn't it past your bedtime, young lady? She, she's got a daughter, so she stays up as late as... Oh, 9.43. 9.43. You're effing kidding me. How long have we been on, Nick? Oh, we're going on two hours and 40 minutes. You're kidding <laughs> this is way better than Ben, for the record. <laughs> this is way less painful than Ben Nelson. I just have to say that, man. Um, so, Debbie, I love have, having you here. I also want to say I hope you never ask your math teachers when will I use this math. Crickets. I hope you never ask your – oh, I don't know what you're talking about, Debbie. I actually really don't know what she's saying. <laughs> uh, I used to be horrible. Like I, I was really good at math, but I would never, ever study. Her and I took the same uh, pre-calculus class together. Like We were in separate uh, uh, periods, but we took the, the same class with the same teacher. And she'd come home, you know we have a test tomorrow. No. On what? She'd say some fancy math word. And I'm like, what's math. that? I used to sleep in math every day. Yeah. She went on to get her master's degree in math. Nerd alert. Um, nah. KDP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my family's full of nerds. Uh. Go figure, man. <laughs> so I have no clue why my sister distracted me there and, and why we, we got sidetracked, but we did. <laughs> so, um, oh, man. I, I really was ta- talking more about your canopy stuff, your canopy progression. And, and dude, I forgot where we were at. Do you yeah, remember? We, uh, that was like an hour and a half ago that you were talking yeah. about that. Hey, when you're old, time <laughs> flies, man. This the things are working out. Yeah. Oh, now uh, nowadays it's it's uh I used to do I remember when I first got here and I had the choice as the once I became chief instructor, right? We were desperate. Yeah. Exactly. And um I remember never getting a ever free fly. Like I remember um me and Stephen Boyd uh, Junior tried to do two A's. A handful of times, easily, never ever got the opportunity. Every time we uh, we'd be sitting there, we'd be talking about a jump, we're getting ready to go, and it'd be Jay. Do you have a student? And I have to walk over and go start dealing with a student. And so from that, I ended up just basically, I kind of stopped in a way fun jumping, mm-hmm. you know, because you know you're always working, always working. So I just started doing hop and pop, 
And that was it. I mean, I did close to, I think one year, like 600 hopping bops. Yeah. You know? It's, it's the downside of working in the sport is you can't afford to play anymore. The upside of working in the sport is you get to jump all the time. Yeah. And, and, and canopy flight is what we still And I really, you know, it's, I really would like to kind of jump with more of the, I mean, I get to do, I get to do the cool jumps. I get to do, you know, the mixed angle jumps and the, the big waves and things like that. And, you know, I, I still really, you know, one of the things I do really still miss is, you know, jumping with those, that younger crowd, but it just becomes harder and harder as you, as you work in the sport, especially as you get. Start I thought he was going to say as he got older. <laughs> he's 30. I thought, jump with the younger crowd. It gets harder as I get your 30. I, th- I think he's work. talking about those 18-year-old uh, AFF students. Well, yeah, I mean, I can't do that because I'm the not la- The ladies. <laughs> Are you not an AFF instructor anymore? I mean, I am, but. Not full-time. Not full-time. Uh, so you don't get punch load. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't get the uh, Chamberlain, you know. What? <laughs> <laughs> Adam. You know Adam, the guy who runs oh. the STD program I with Tony. A, I'm very well acquainted with their program. Yes. <laughs> Hanger 3. You know Hanger 3? I know that Hanger. I've seen him. Yeah, yep. no, and, and I would I'd really like to – and one thing I do want to try to start, um, I really would like to be more involved in the mentor program, even though I, I never really get the opportunity because most of the times if I'm at the drop zone, I'm either coaching or working or I'm working with Nick doing STP videos or, you know, in meetings with senior doing different things like that. Yeah. And – I kind of missed some of those jumps because, you know, yes, it's, it's, it's so it's still cool. You know, you go do a 16-way or you go do an 8-way. Even if you go do, like, a 2-way, sometimes, you know, me and Nick went and did a, a quick 2-way. We basically dirt-dived on, like, a 5-minute call and was such a fun jump. But I still made that into a video, so for me, that was a work jump. <laughs> yeah, because he didn't like me that much. So. <laughs> That's not true. Do you <laughs> text... Uh, Tommy, th- those are people I can always do those. Those two-way jumps, man, are some of the most fun, enjoyable, rewarding jumps. Like I really love doing the big ways. Like when Live Bigs comes through, it's a ton of fun. It's super rewarding. But I always enjoy those events the most when it's done. You yeah. know, like when all right, I did it. I did. I I did okay. I had a lot of fun. I was part of these difficult, challenging jumps. But like. On a two-way, like I'm so much more in the moment, and mm-hmm. I'm so much less stressed and worried about it. And uh, God, th- those are fun jumps. Dude, I I know, me, Tex, Ben, and I all had the uh, the s- the feeling when we we just came back from the uh, head up record, right? So we just got done with a full weekend of doing like up to ninety ways. Then we get back to Houston. That weekend we start doing forty ways, fifty ways. And the stress level just seemed like it never went away. You know, the entire time from going from the record to finishing Live Big, I didn't want to do more than like a solo <laughs> for like a week. <laughs> Dude, it, it makes me feel so good to hear other people talk about the stress levels on those jumps. Because like, on, on those loads, on those airplanes, nobody's talking. Yeah. And I think everyone's having, I mean, not that it's a playing at pool contest, but everyone's just, you know, it's very quiet. No one's chatting. Everyone's just chilling out, you know. It's uh, rare that you hear anything said at all, other other than uh, uh, when, when it's when time to jump. Yeah, everybody giving the high, high fives. That's it. Yeah. And so, like, I don't know what's going on in anybody else's head other than mine, but I get I get pretty nervous, and I and I overthink the shit out of the jump, and <laughs> and then I oh, oh what color was oh so and so's jumpsuit? What hand am I docking with? And what what am I going to see? And I visualize the jump 
all the way up until the, the door comes open. And uh, Stephen, uh, the first time w uh, I participated in these big ways, Stephen Boyd and I had gone to, to Lodi to do the, the Lodi 40 ways. And, dude, I was stressed out of my... Was that when the plane stalled? Yeah. <laughs> that was, was Stephen's last jump there. He left right after that. <laughs> Did I, he? I, I didn't know he left right away. I wasn't on that plane, but that, that was his last jump there. And I really think that that was a catalyst to uh, the big events coming yeah. to Houston. Is he was like, hey, I mean, he just provided a better facility. It was sure. More reliable, uh, everything. And <laughs> uh, everything? No, I was so nervous, though. And Stephen was pretty much the only person I knew there, uh, aside from a couple people from Utah. And so Stephen, uh, and I was still pretty new here. St I mean, I didn't even know Stephen all that well. But uh, he, <laughs> he was a super uh, huge help in getting me to to relax and uh, be able to enjoy those jumps a little bit more. There was a time, uh, one of these jumps, I was so, it was the first jump there. And the biggest jump I had done before this was like an eight-way, like a 2.8-way. And now we're planning like some 6.16 way with all these badasses, a bunch of people way better than me. And I was so tense. Like I had to just let go for a second and be like, I, I was worried I wasn't going to be able to stay on my head. And I didn't remember the last time I had that feeling in the sky, you know? <laughs> and so I just dropped grips and was like, this is crazy. Why? Like, why? Why am I so afraid right now? And I, I took a breath and then was was good after that. I mean, on, I finished the rest of the jump, was in my slot, everything. But, uh, man, the, the nerves I experience are, are very intense. Dude, I had Steve Curtis as my cross partner on the uh, world record. In every jump, I thought I was getting cut. Because <laughs> he just stares at you with no smile, the most blank expression on his face. The manager stare. Dude, I, I literally would just, like, every jump, I would, like, pick up the grips uh, as a pod closer, close the pod, and I would just try to stare right back at him. <laughs> Same blank look. <laughs> They'd just be like, please don't notice me. Please don't Staring notice contest. Me. Please don't notice me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Steven has. I, I, I had that the entire time. Steven has day. that ability for me, too. When, when I, and it's been a while since I've done a lot of fun jumps. When I first moved here, I would do a lot of fun jumps. And back to, hold me to it, man. Let's get back to skydiving together more. E even doing this incites me to do that more. Steven is always good at when we go free fly together to get me to relax, to, to get me out of my own head. And it's actually one of the reasons I want Steven on this show. Forget that he owns a drop zone or, or his dad owns a drop zone. He runs a drop zone, whatever you want to call that. Forget the fact that he has multiple gold medals and world records. He's, he's a phenomenal free flyer. Steven's ability to connect with people and help people be better themselves is a very, very, very unique ability. Mm -hmm. And I think we all really cherish that friendship out I of him. One thing I've always noticed with his videos is just for a second he, an he exits the plane, he just looks like the most relaxed, chill person on the face of the planet. Yeah. As soon as he exits the plane. You can hear him on GoPro footage, him just doing a yell or something. But he just looks the most natural while he's out there. He's one of the more unique uh, people I've known, known in general. And, and I really appreciate w what he does for me and for us, man. So I'm going to have you back. There's zero doubt about that. Uh, th there's a lot of you. Nick and I are Mr. P. I'm sorry. And I are going to do this more than you're once so together. You're so bad on calling him Mr. P. Tonight. I, dude, I'm going to get there, man. That's fine. Don't it worry. I'm I, I, I don't notice it when you call me by uh, the name that people have called me by for the past 31 years. So don't worry. It's not a big deal. 
I'm sorry, Mr. P. It's all right. <coughs> I'm sorry. We will make up that to you. Mr. P, we, we will we'll make it worth your time. I plan on having Ben back again if he actually shows, shows up. up. Yeah. Ricket. Ben, where, where's Ben? Where's that's, that's, where we, that's where we need a soundboard where, where Nick can just be like, boom, hit a button. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> What's that empty chair doing over there? Who's that we empty just, chair for? We just for? need John Barry here to do like the cricket voice. Yeah, oh, dude. Go. Yeah, John <laughs> Barry. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, so make we'll him our soundboard, <laughs> dude. Yeah, just let him do. If you've <laughs> never heard John Barry make noises with his mouth, Chris, whoa, that's <laughs> getting a little personal there, DJ. Chris, we're going back down that road. Will not be the only person who will tell you that um, John Barry has one of the most talented mouths I've ever and seen. We're back to Pornhub. <laughs> back to Pornhub. Goggles. Pornhub. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, over there. When we're done with this, check out this. This is really uh, crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised nobody said do it live. <laughs> <laughs> Get you. Well, part of the problem is, is I'd actually need that. That right there is my camera. There's uh, also so we would need uh, somebody else's phone to put in this VR goggles. Um, I plan on having you back, and we'll tell more. And I definitely, as soon as you come back from this next road trip, I want to have you back, and I want to hear the stories from the road. And and knowing you and knowing what's going on, you're gonna come back for a short time. We'll do these visits. You'll take off for a little bit. You'll come back. We'll do it. and which will be nice because. A lot of people watching this e- either live or later on or even downloading the podcast in two months from now are people who fly with you, whether they the, it's uh, Sue and what's her really cute daughter's name? Brooke. Brooke, yeah, Brooke, I just said you're a really cute daughter. Don't worry, I'm only from your grandfather. Um, whether it's people like them, whether it's Sam, you know, Miss Face Palm, whether it's various friends of ours. Oh, it's yeah. ne- challenge accepted, by the way. Yeah, dude, they, she ain't going to win that challenge. No. Nah. Uh, no matter where you go, a lot of these people watching are people who actually get to hang out with you and, and for them to see you. So it's been really cool having you hang out, man. In the next year, what I want to know is what are your goals this next year as a flyer? I mean, honestly, that's I just want to continue to get better. I mean, there's there's in flying, I just I don't always strive to be a better flyer and not just on um, flying my my body, but just Canopy wise, you yeah. know, um, I feel like everybody, everybody always focuses so much on and the actual aspects of flying their body, but not a lot of people focus that time into canopy. And kind of this year, I mean, I've talked with um, with Kurt Bartholomew and things like that, and I want to go actually do some do some stuff with them guys and fly uh, fly canopy and really start learning, you know, some of the things that these guys who are at that level. Yeah. Know, what their mindset and their their philosophy behind flying, but outside of that, you know, just continue to organize and and just share, you know, the passion for the sport. Yeah. You know, one of the things you mentioned is you want to get involved with the mentor program more. You know that you know people who run the mentor program, right? Oh, of course, I know that. Yeah, I I I, I know I know really well because I've had meetings about people. <laughs> coming to that program. <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting because Spaceland asked a little while back now for the rating center and Valerie and myself to run the mentor program. And without asking and telling Valerie, I said, we will run the mentor program, and I promise you one thing. Valerie will do a really good job because I'm not going to do anything. I have way too much other mm-hmm. things on my hand. And Valerie ended up agreeing. And technically, Valerie and I run the mentor program. It's Valerie. She's in charge. I just seen you guys brought in uh, Justin. I think that's a great addition. Dude, Justin was a mentee, turned into a mentor, and now he's the assistant lead to the program. 
Justin, I and that's just the beginning. You know, we told Justin just get your feet wet and feel what you what you want to feel. And we've promised Justin one thing: there's no end to what you want to do. If you want to co-manage this thing, Valerie will take the time and she'll enjoy it. But whether you're scheduled, whether you're not scheduled, uh, it, it doesn't matter. If you're at the drop zone on a uh, on a day and you want to mentor for us, please let us know, man. Uh, I would love, love, love to have you out there helping with our new jumpers, helping with our students. And, and for guys like you and I, it's one of the few times we have to relive that newer yeah. passion yeah. anymore. If, if I can get, you know, the more I can get the the stable, <coughs> um, the stable events and stable projects, things like that, it'll make uh, it make that. But right now, you know, um, as being kind of new in the uh, organizer l- uh, mm-hmm. world, you know, it's still it's still up in the air constantly. You know, getting events. So a lot of times, events come last minute. You know, um, a lot of people end up. Like, I mean, I knew about Carolina Fest, you know, like in January, right? Yeah. But then other events keep popping up last minute that people ask me to do. And that's becoming uh, one thing I've noticed is becoming a harder challenge is the uh, logistics of that, you know, of yeah. getting to places and being in places. Or, you know, when they ask you to do certain events and they ask you to do camps, you know, maintaining the proper amount of time to be able to do those things. Because... It's very difficult to ask somebody to buy a plane ticket to come somewhere, you know, 30 days out. Yeah. They're going to pay, you know, three, four times the price versus if they know six months in advance. Yeah. So that's been one of the the hardest challenges. The other one is, you know, people still have the mindset that, you know, free flying is AFF. What What do you mean? And what I mean by that is people don't understand that free flying is AFF. You can't just go out and do free flying and expect to be able to do a three four way like you do on a belly jump right you know when you walk into the world of free flying you you basically have to look at it as it's aff all over again you know you need to take that time to get to the point where you can do something and you can now actually learn to fly with you know two ways three ways four ways just like you did in aff you didn't start off by going out and just going and doing a three-way, you know, belly. Unless you learned a wingsuit with Purple Mike. Exactly. Boots. That's where you need... Yep. You know, but that, that kind of mindset. You know, um, a lot of the events that I do, a lot of times people are like, oh, well, we want to have we want to have you do an event, and there's going to be three to four, you're going to be doing beginner free-flying. And that term beginner, people take as, oh, I've never free flied before. I'm going to. Is free flight a word? Free flied? Free flown? I've never done free flying. Free flight lice? You have free flight lice? <laughs> Sounds like my mom. I don't know. Roll the dice. <laughs> so people have never free flown before? Free flying? Free flown, free flied. Whatever. Free fly. You know, Is French fries. <laughs> <laughs> potato <laughs> chips. So they've they've never free flown. They've, they've never done it before. Mm-hmm. And when they show up to a camp, that's their intro, and they get paired with two other people who are able to hold a sit the entire time. They can exit and hold a sit. Now you have, you know, one person who's constantly quirking, and it just Dang becomes it. an extremely dangerous actual event. And if people could understand that, you need to look at walking into free flying like walking in AFF. There's a whole progression and something that needs to happen to get there man i uh i want to do something with you i want to do a project with you and when grumpy face ben nelson was here where's ben nelson at oh he's not here 
Mm. Cricket. Hashtag yeah. where's Ben. Hashtag oh, where's Ben. Start that hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> hashtag where's Ben. Uh, one of the things that we talked about is people who go to learn to wingsuit do first flight courses. People who do go to AFF do first jump courses. And when he goes to coach free flyers, he does first free flight courses or first free flight. And it's a few hours on the ground of talking about things. And I wish more coaches would do this. And, and something the Rady Center is about, something that what I do, what Valerie does, and, and you've been a big part of the Rady Center as well, is we promote the future of fun jumping. We want to lay a good foundation. So I'd like to talk to you. Let's put together a and, – and you tell me if you're good with this, if you're not good with this. We're doing this live on the air, so no pressure. Um, let's put together a seminar on – uh, not an upcoming because you're leaving town, but on a, on a day, on a Saturday or on a Sunday that we see bad weather. So it will be kind of like the Reserve Repack seminar we did. Hey, guys, on an upcoming bad weather Saturday, we'll announce it the Wednesday ahead of time. Jay Vienendahl is going to be running a free fly safety seminar, and it'll be a couple-hour seminar, a one-hour seminar, whatever you need, and it's all levels, intro to free flying. So if you've never free flown at all, free flew, free flitted, free flighted, whatever it is, <laughs> if you've never done it before at all, then come check it out. If you're an intermediate or beginner free flyer, check it out, and, and we'll talk all levels. Would you be interested in doing something like that? I mean, the weather was great today. Um, you know, we, we had great weather. Where were you at? How much <laughs> of that, Jack? Wait a minute. <laughs> no, that was my subtle way to go around the question. But no, um, <laughs> I would be totally interested in something like that. Yeah. And I mean, it's going to take some time. Let's put it together. Let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about the topics that need to be covered. And, you know, one of the things that you do and one of the things that I do is, is we're very lucky. We're very blessed. And even Mr. P, we're blessed that skydiving is a business force. We get to make a living doing what we absolutely love. But one of the things that I'm very big on is giving back to the community and safety day. On safety day, it is a huge give back. Uh, you know how much time I've worked. I've probably yeah. put 40 plus hours into safety day this year. And so have other people besides me. Answer it online. Answer it live. Yeah. No, you can't have any of my jack. Yes, you're live with DJ. That's Paula, Bean Dip, and Heath, isn't it? Yep. What up, Heathrow? Hey, we'll get better internet. Who's all there? No, there's a delay. She's just got to talk to you through the phone and not through the... Hey, uh, stop trying to talk to me through the... Uh, computer. The, the computer. Talk to me through the phone. Who is that? It's Heath and Paula. Who else? Hey, who else is there? Him? Hey, guys, just to let you know, him, her, and her are there with Heath and Paula. Right oh, I now. like him. He sounds nice. <laughs> so I'm going to guess pun. I'm going to guess Jesse Yeah. because they're, they're roommates said and done. And so that leaves him, him, and her. Or did it say him, her, and her? He just said him, him, and her. So that's, that's yeah. Hey, can you pour me a drink? No. No pun in Jesse. No pun in Jesse. No. You got a different Jesse. Hang up on those guys, man. You, thanks for ruining our fun time. Hey, hey, I will call you in a minute. You, you shut up, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys ever show up on this show, there is a rule, and I think actually you suggested the rule yeah, when no. Nick was on the show. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure where it came. You from. suggested it. Ben was like, "Well, if people knew it. These idiots would call me." No, and no, I no. called him. No, Steven I suggested it. 
when Nick was on the first episode, Stephen uh, Nick's phone rang, and so Stephen actually put a message on here. Uh, answer live. Oh yeah, I remember that. So we never answered it live, but I- if you ever show up and you ever do Gravity Lab with me, know that if your phone rings, we're gonna make you answer it live. So uh, either turn your phone off, or know you have a bunch of J holes for friends who are gonna totally just crash yeah. the party. And, what, and if you guys don't know Paula and Heath, those are my step parents. <laughs> yes, and Heath is a homie dude. Paula, she comes with a package. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong? Oh, I was just laughing about Paula's package. Sounds <laughs> nice. You mean Heath? <laughs> Is that what you meant? I don't know. <laughs> so let's work on something. Let, let's work on a, a, yeah, a first I'm flight course or a first free flight course. Yep. Uh, it's back to it's that giving back idea. Safety yep. Day, we're giving back. I, and I know you do a few things to give back, including you are a big part of what we're doing for Safety Day. So uh, we're, we're going to wrap this up here in a little bit. We just got the last little bit, but... Before we go, is there anything else you want to share with people, things that you want to tell people about, what's going on with you? I think we've covered a lot. Yeah. Yeah, how is the gay rights movement, Jay? How's it going? I mean, it's, it's been <laughs> super. <laughs> you know, um, Thanks for asking. Yeah, I've, I've loved what, you know, the articles you put together, Nick, for it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's good to have you on the team. <laughs> so so not much going on man uh for for uh gravity lab and it's really weird because i still can't even say gravity lab fluently you yet say it five times fast gravity lab gravity lab gravity lab gravity i, I can do it almost went like gravity ass <laughs> gravity <laughs> ass gravity the hashtag ass. porn up <laughs> um uh it, it's we, we've got a lot coming on so next week we're actually taking off next weekend i actually have a buddy dustin dustin talbot is coming to town dustin was a young jumper 13 jumps and he exited a plane and actually had a tail strike. Freaked Dustin out, man. And I oh hope wow. Dustin doesn't mind him sharing a story. And, and some of our friends watching right now are actually going to know the story. And Dustin has tried to get on the horse and tried to jump more than once, and he just can't even get in the airplane. And he's visited me one time before, and this time he's committed. He's ready to go. We actually have tunnel time booked Tuesday afternoon uh, just so he can prove where he's at. And he's been flying in the tunnel since. And then him and I are going to go back, and we're going to restart his STP all over again. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna do you know combined level one two three stuff like that, and so next week we're really a lot of people want to see Mister Mister P Mister P that is the infamous Mister P. Uh, we're, we're I'm doing that next week, and so next week it's really focused on hanging out with my homie Dustin. Next week my dusty home uh, my my buddy Dustin's gonna be here, and Doug Ligner is gonna join us, and, and we're just hanging out. We're not gonna be on Facebook. The week after, <laughs> the week after that, who do we have? The week Tommy Miller. So in two weeks from today, Tommy Miller is going to be joining us. Uh, Tommy actually will come with Sam. I don't know if Sam will appear on camera or be live with us much at all. She might just hang out in the background. But unlike Ben, I believe Sam will actually show up. You know, Sam's more of a man than Ben. And hashtag Sam's where's quite ben? a lady. Where's Ben? Um, totally hashtag where's Ben. He's probably sitting at home <laughs> complaining. He, he probably is upset. At you know, I'm, I'm maybe he's not safe. Because he's not even like I haven't seen him comment. At least he'd be here talking shit. Like I've never seen that man without his iPad. You know? Oh, he would. He had his iPad at lunch. Of course he did. Wait, where'd you have lunch? <laughs> Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just no you didn't. Where'd you have lunch? <laughs> Hooters. Hooters. Are Where's you there? Are you their customer of the month? Like every month, you have a plaque there. That I mean, I up? do. I mean, I'm not. Gonna, I am a platinum member. <laughs> I went there the other day <laughs> and hooked up with you and Ben, and I ate lunch while you guys had beers. And straight up, the the chick there, uh, Penny, Pen, Penny, straight <laughs> up knew you, man. Straight oh yeah. up, she she knows who you I are. I actually originally I met P 
Penny and I used to go to uh I used to always go to Lupe all the time. And then I seen Penny and Jamie there one night and I didn't really know who they were, but they just started talking to me and they basically told me just come on in they'll take care of me. And every now and then you go in there and your bill's a little bit cheaper. Nice man. It's nice to have friends in the service industry. Yeah. Um, so ne- two weeks from now, we have Tommy Miller. Uh, the week after that, so three weeks from today, Doug Ligner. Doug Ligner, I- if you've actually never heard it in, in Houston, uh, Houston Manifest calls Doug D- D- uh, Dallas DJ. Doug Ligner, mm-hmm. I did his first tandem video in July of 03 and actually taught his first jump course in August of 03. And now he actually runs my Dallas campus. So for me, it's super yeah. epic, man. Doug is a really good yeah, friend, a Doug's really good an homie. Awesome guy. And I got to teach him from student to being my partner in crime, man. And, and Hank will eventually join us as well. So Doug, in three weeks from now, will join us. And the week after that, we have Stephen Eric Angelos or Stephen Angelos, who will be talking about. And, and we'll really focus on his book, his writing, his authoring, and the future plans he has, which I think you and I know some of. But we'll, we'll save those stories there. I did see Heath actually asked to have JP on, and when JP's in town and, and living around, dude, JP is a wealth of yeah. knowledge, a wealth I of information. Would love th- I'd love to also see Heath on here. Oh, dude, Heath knows <laughs> this is a goal. And Paula, no, you're not invited. Yeah, and actually, I have a mobile set, so the audio won't be as good. Uh, some people might have noticed I have a little mic sitting right here, and this is actually recording this podcast live as well, so I'm actually recording this in multiple streams at the moment. So we're, we're working on a mobile setup. We're working on a mobile studio, so when I'm in Dallas, I can sit with Heath and, and do these things. When I'm around, I, I can try these different ideas. So right now, those are our immediate plans. Next week off, two weeks from now from Tommy, three weeks from now Doug, four weeks from now Steven. And, guys, a lot of you are asking for folks, so I- if you want to see somebody show up, please let me know. Please be patient with us. Uh, you, you'll see a lot of changes going on here with furniture, with backdrop. Next time you visit, hopefully I have the whole studio really set up. I'm actually bringing the Red Bull fridge in here, so we have our own beer fridge for, mm-hmm. the, for the room. That'll work out really nicely. And uh, po- Gravity Lab Podcast, check it out on Facebook. Uh, here in a little bit, we'll actually launch it live. You can already find it and like it. It had zero likes before we started. Eventually, we'll transfer our whole our whole Facebook Live to, 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 to uh, Gravity Lab Podcast, but we'll, we'll keep it on Rating Center for now. GravityLabPodcast.com, and that website will hopefully come in about a month from now. We're waiting for Adam Buckner and Austin Studios to come up with our logo design. And then you know we have a very huge secret surprise coming over time. Yep. It makes me nervous. I don't know why you're looking at me. Dude. Don't worry. It has nothing to do with the goggles. It will have. Oh, my <laughs> God. It will now I'm totally disappointed. You'll love it. I, I, I really don't be nervous. You will I'm absolutely not nervous. love it, dude. I know you two are just a couple of shitheads, though. You got some plan that I I don't know about, so Whoa. it makes me feel insecure. What's with the cussing? Dude, hey, I thought you know we were what? not cussing. I will cuss. <laughs> Pornhub. I am going to cuss. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have a filter. It's 10 o'clock. It was after 10 o'clock. I'm going to swear after 10 o'clock. I'm like cable TV. That, to me, then, is a <laughs> sign <laughs> that we need to get going. So, uh, Mr. P, you got anything to add before we get kind of no, out of here? No, man, I'm good. Cool, guys. From uh, Gravity Lab Podcast, we got JV Nindal here. Mr. P joined us. Blue skies. We'll talk to you guys next time. We're out. See you guys. Is this thing still on? Is this thing still on?